Taishi Podcast, guest number five is Chief Master Sergeant Select Andrew Keel. Chief Keel is the Kunsan Fire Department Fire Chief and rose to the rank of Chief in just 18 years active duty. Chief Keel goes by AJ and is a man of many unique hobbies. AJ was a contributing factor to me starting this podcast as he had his own podcast at one point that lasted 20 episodes. He aided me, along with Brian Belford, in shopping for podcast supplies on Amazon when I asked him for help back in February. During this podcast, we talk about his published book, My Rich Uncle, An Informal Guide to Maximizing Your Enlistment. In his words, it's a book that keeps it real about the Air Force. It also describes some leadership ideas and strategies for promotion if that's what's important to you. We talk about a moment that I observed called Fire Chief for a Day. AJ had an Airman First Class hold his duty title and wear his Fire Chief patch for an entire day just so the young Airman could see what goes on in the fire department at a larger scale. The Airman later had to brief about 30 other firefighters on what he learned during that duty day. I reflect on the idea and consider bringing it into the air traffic control world with our younger Airmen. AJ talks about never winning an award until his 15-year mark in the Air Force. The award that he finally won ended up being one of the biggest awards an Air Force member can win. AJ was recognized as one of the 12 Outstanding Airmen of the Year. He talks about that experience and the opportunities that came from the award. AJ has a lot of experience, lots of certifications, and a lot of followers. He shares a lot of useful and insightful information. I thoroughly enjoyed the two hours, and I hope anyone else that listens to does. Oh, yeah. The old record button, baby. I feel like you've done podcasts before. Yeah, man. Once or twice. <laughs> Just falling apart for us here. I know, right? All right. So today I've got Andrew Keel, um, a guy I've seen around base a lot. Um, someone, Something that he did that really impressed me. And what I liked you was one of the first things I, I, I met you, told you my name was John Taishu, and the next time you saw me, you called me John. And I'm huge on first names. Yeah. I'm huge on learning someone's names, and you did it. And I think that was like my first impression of you. Yeah, man. You know, um, Definitely, definitely some of the like greatest leaders I've ever known. They like, they remember not just names, man. They like remember shit. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they remember like what you talked about. And so I definitely try to do that. Um, In that Dale Carnegie book we were talking about earlier, that's like one of the things he talked about was like learning names, you know? And it's hard, man. But there's people out there, man. They remember hundreds, man. And I think those are the greatest. Yeah. I don't think it's hard. I, well, man, I guess it is hard because all of of us are saying it's hard, but it's easier to just say I'm bad with names. Than it oh, is it, to just remember. Right, it's like name. the easy way out, right? Yes, it's the, it's the, yeah, the easy way out. Yeah, that's a hundred. That's the way to put it. My buddy, uh, my buddy Scon, um, I'll, I'll send him this link. He, um, he taught me a thing where, like, he says he'll meet somebody, right, and he'll have a great conversation. And and like like him, I I love like deep, meaningful relationships, right? And in order to cultivate those, we got to like remember what we talked about. Mm-hmm. So he uses like this mind mapping software called MindNode, and he'll like write down like, okay, I talked to John tissue, right? This is kind of what he does or like where I, where I met him. And then like maybe three to five bullet points about the conversation. And then before he goes to see that person again, let's say later down the road at an event or whatever, he'll quickly check his phone and pop it open and, and then, okay, okay, cool. And then engage in the conversation based off of things you talked about, about like, say your dog was sick or something. And like people like really react to that. Like, Oh d- dude, you remembered my dog was sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can imagine just people remembering your name is yeah. one thing. And then you remember my dog's name and that yeah. it's sick. Yeah. It's I feel like that's cool. almost, it's almost, it is cool. It's almost cheating though. It's like, it's almost cheating, but like, it's awesome because I feel like I have a limited hard drive. You know what I mean? And like, I, the, if I'm not, if you're not trying, it is super easy to just forget. 
you have to try. Is that something you've done? Yeah, here? I absolutely did. And you know who got me on that was um, Colonel Clark. Uh, so Colonel Tad Clark was Wolf um, yep, here one. prior to uh, Colonel Hammond, man. And uh, That's Spangal, and that's how you know him, right? That's how I, I, know, that's how I know him, yeah. Yeah, and he, he would remember everything. And, and one day I was like, hey, Colonel, what, what the hell, man? Like, how do you remember like actual bits of conversation from eight months ago. I don't understand that. And he just said that he makes it a point to take like two or three things from every conversation that he can and then digest them. And then that way he remembers later. And man, it meant a lot to me. So I could imagine it means a lot to other people if I do it, you know? Yeah. That, that makes so much more sense. And it's just that little effort that makes a connection and someone willing to probably do anything. Cause I never really worked directly for Colonel Clark, but yeah. I, everyone would always say he's like the best guy. Dude, he's so nice. Yeah. That was the cheat sheet. He would just take a couple notes once he talked to you. He's so awesome, man. Um, Colonel Clark is a great guy. I hope he gets a super too. That, that guy is awesome. I think he, did he make general? He might've made general. I hope so, but I do not know. This is a general that. maker right here though, right? Yeah. If you're a wolf, man, you're going, you're all in. Yeah. I mean, true. our chief of staff was a freaking wolf, man. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. General Brown. So we, we got into it so quick. This is a really good start. I didn't even get to introduce you. We got oh, F-16 I'm sorry. sounding you off. F-16s, you know, <laughs> freedom. <laughs> That's what it is. So AJ Kill, what's your real for Andrew? Is that? Yeah, so my mom named me Andrew, but I was going by AJ like my whole life. When I got into real estate, I switched back to Andrew, and then I got out of real estate and switched back to AJ. So <laughs> <laughs> so what else? What else? Like, tell us a little bit more about yourself while yeah, I pour bro. myself this Japanese whiskey. Yeah, I got to try that. Yeah, um... Well, I, I've been in the Air Force for, I'll hit 18 years um, this year, man. And, like, it's all I know, if I'm being honest with you, bro. Like, I, I, I graduated uh, high school. My mom was raising a single mom, you know, single mom with two boys. I had really no other options. And uh, I knew I wanted to be a firefighter, so I joined to be a firefighter. And firefighting is all I've ever really known. Um, the only time I got out of fire was, like, I did two years um, – in like the innovation realm, right? So I got to stand up an innovation office at Spangdalem and do a lot of cool stuff in Europe. Did, that was awesome. Did, sorry, I'm interrupting. Did you contribute to that Spark Tank Award that they got? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah man. Cool. So it was like a huge catalyst for me too. And I didn't even know it at the time. Like I was, um, I was working on these things that were just fun and facilitating big events. And like, I didn't realize that it was going to like cascade into like big awards and stuff like that, you know, it just kind of all happened, man. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, so I'm here, I came from Nellis prior and now I'm, we're, I'm here with you in Korea. Um, dude, the whole time overseas, I'm oh, lucky as hell. 18 years. Other than Vegas, Vegas oh. is the only time I've been in the States, man. Multiple deployments, of course, um, like everyone in CE, uh, and, uh, and now I'm here and then I'm going to Dover after this, um, and kind of trying to figure it out, man. I got a couple years, you know, that I, have to give and then uh we'll, we'll see Were you so t 18 years in the military what do you want to do when you get out i feel like you're, you're a guy invested in so got, many different hobbies yeah i got plans i'm not gonna lie you know i can't give all the top secret secrets right mm -hmm. but um i don't know either i'm going to continue fire because it really is a good transition um into the gs world man uh put on a we call it the white shirt right the white shirt with the bugles and maybe go be an assistant chief or a fire chief somewhere but um um, I'm really, I'm really interested in, uh, I'm really interested in getting into the GSA contract game. <laughs> you know, I'm really interested in uh, maybe learning how to write contracts and try to bid for contracts back to the Air Force because I feel like along the way, man, like we we notice like where the pain is and like we try to fix it. But um, if you look at it from the other side, when you get out, I mean, you can you can monetize it too. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at that or maybe you know, teaching online and living in Tulum, Mexico or something like that, man. Those are two secrets. What are the rest of them? 
Man, I can't tell you all of them. Come on, let's you know? put them all out. That's what this was for. In Air Force Fire, there are just like every every like industry. There's there's issues, right? And there are companies out there that uh, they solve issues. Well, I know of a few things that I've found that really we're not really solving very well. And um, and yeah, I hope to get a contract for one of them one day. You know, yeah, um, yeah man. I hope you get one. Something you said that I thought was really interesting is. Um, being part of the innovation team, and that was new, I guess, 2018, 2017 is when you were doing it. Yeah, so that was, dude, that was 15. 15, okay. Way so, before it was like the most liberally used word in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> it's been on every EPR mind for the last it's ridiculous, years, right? Everyone wants a piece of it. Right. But, but so right before I left Germany, they were like trying to give, I, I'm going to throw a number out there. I think it was like $200,000 to just come up with an idea and run with it for like air traffic simulation oh, and stuff. Oh, that's right, yeah. And, and I was about to leave, and no one really wanted to do it because it was time out of their own day to do it. But in my head, I was like, this is like, what an opportunity. Here's 200 grand, more money than you'll get five yeah. years working. Yeah. Go blow it and try to do, do something cool. Like, it was such a cool opportunity. And it was surprising how many people didn't want to do that. It really was. Yeah. yeah. Remember the idea program? Like, that was one of those things where, like, you come up with an idea, you can get paid, same thing. Um, mm. I think you can actually get paid like the individual was getting paid. Like, if you saved, let's say you saved, you know, $100,000, like, the Air Force literally would give you like 10 Gs or something like 10%? Like, to you. Yeah, it was crazy. They got rid of it, though, a few years back um, and then went into that whole sp the Spark Tank mm. piece. But, man, the Spark Tank thing is pretty legit. I mean, here, even here at Kunsan, you know, wing commanders are getting this uh, getting this money for good ideas. And, like, if you if you pitch a good idea and it saves time or money, like, and it makes sense, like, dude, they'll, they'll give it a thumbs up and give you a bunch of money, man. I mean, that's how we got uh, this, like, the pump simulator thing. It's like a, it's like a fire engine simulator thing for training. I mean, that thing cost like a hundred grand, man. And we couldn't afford it in our budget. So we went to, we went to the spark tank thing and pitched it. And, and the wing commander's like, yeah, let's do it. And you're like, damn, that's a hundred thousand, that's a hundred thousand dollars. Just like that. The wolf, wolf just gave it to you. Yeah. That's so, cool. you know, hopefully we get it wolf. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, that is really cool. Um, so you did podcast for a while. How was that? What kind of, like, what kind of interest what was the most like interesting person you talked to? Man, the podcasting was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be on here, man. I yeah. appreciate I, first this setup. Like this is a this is way more legit setup than I had. I was using I was using Squadcast, which is like we we can see each other digitally. It's like there's uh, some kind of thing. Yeah. And and the audio wasn't as good. I mean, you did it right. But um I think I had during my podcast time, it was called Real Talk with AJ Kill, right? Gotta keep it real. And um I I wanna say I did probably like I don't know, 20 episodes maybe or something like this. And I would say the most interesting person I had on there, damn, I had some pretty cool people, man. I had a, like, just to give you a quick rundown, I had, I had my buddy, um, Harry Kibbe. So Kibbe was like the main PA guy for Chief Wright on Chief Master on the Air Force team. Mm -hmm. That was cool because he was giving me some like inside shit, right? He was like talking to me about some of the stuff they're talking about on the golf course. And he was giving me it was really cool to see like behind the curtain on what, what it's like to work for the chief master on the air force. That was pretty dope. Um, I had my friend McKenna and she's a Lieutenant in the space force. And this, she was the very first graduating uh, class out of the space force. That's cool. That was super cool. Um, talking about like why she wants to be an astronaut and all this kind of stuff, like astronaut talk. It, it was pretty legit. Yeah. Um, I can't show you. I have a astronaut tattoo in my oh arm. Shit. That's a lot That's of people. Cool. Compliment. Yeah. I can't show you right now, but yeah, yeah. sometime, but yeah, that, that was, was like, right here with that. <laughs> yeah, let me take my shirt oh, off. Yeah. I'm like, dude, we only had half a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another hour. <laughs> but yeah, like I wanted to be astronaut when I was a kid, and it uh, just didn't happen. So I did the next best thing and joined the Air Force and got a tattoo yeah. of an astronaut. So 
Here that I is the next best thing. A bunch of people, like in boot camp, you know, they get the half Arnold wings and whatever. They're yeah. like, I'm in the Air Force. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I considered uh, that. And then, like, and then, like, six months later, like, ah, damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who else did I have on there, man? I don't even. Damn. I had a bunch of cool people, though. Um, obviously, I had the same uh, Gene, you know, Sheeta, EOD. Yep. We both had him on our podcast. And that was cool, just talking about blowing stuff up and, and uh, what it's like to be an EOD member. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had, a, I had my buddy talk about finance, my buddy, Brian, we were talking about finance a lot. I, I had my buddy Scon that I mentioned earlier and, and he's one of the smartest dudes in the whole air force, man. Um, he's a staff sergeant right now, but he could get out and make half a million a year, like nothing. I mean, the guy's a genius. He teaches me a lot of stuff. He's like, he's a friend, but he's also like almost a mentor to me and the dude's a staff, you know, when he was an airman, he was mentoring me, man. Like this is the guy that got me started on SharePoint before SharePoint was even like a thing. <laughs> And he literally customed, he customized like a, like a, a custom home screen for fire departments. Okay. This was the air force portal was the only thing that had like a sliding tile and he creates one. He creates this whole front thing for fire departments. And we made that thing go global, man. Like it was used at one time, like grip of fire departments across the world. I mean, this guy's, you know, awesome. So I had him on, I had him on the podcast. So podcasting was a lot of fun, man. I just got like, I had too many irons in the fire and I had to start dropping a few, you know what I mean? Yeah. So is that, so is that why it stopped for you? Just, you were just had too many hobbies and things going on. Yeah. I think like I was trying to, I was looking at mon, I don't know why it stopped exactly. I was, I got, I got into uh, teaching, um, and a couple other kind of ventures I was doing, especially with our family real estate business. And, time just became you know mm -hmm. how does you got to prioritize it man. i'm starting to feel that yeah yeah and it was fun but i wasn't monetizing and it, and if there are other things that are monetizing it's like damn you know what do you choose right so yeah yeah i think that's what i like about this so far I, i'm money side would be cool but i'm not too worried about that it's just fun to like talk to people in this environment where you're yeah. gonna say really interesting shit and i just get to learn from it yeah man it, it, it is fun and it helps too that you have like the best equipment here man like yeah. Damn. Everyone always tells me that too, which makes me feel good. Like, oh. I'm oh, it sounds, it sounds great. I hope <laughs> it sounds good on YouTube too, especially because I'm going to share it. Oh, here's my shout out. I got a shout out to my girlfriend, Alexa. Ooh. Boom. Boyfriend points. I didn't even have to <laughs> even put it I on didn't the even remind sheet. myself. I told him, hey, put on whoever you want to say hi to on there. Yeah. You didn't do it. I, I had to give her a shout out though. Uh, 12 minutes in. 12 <laughs> minutes in. You thought of her. Yeah. Check. Check. You're welcome. Alexa. Thanks for letting him spend some time with me today. Dude, her name's <laughs> Alexa, which is the worst because uh, like when we first started dating, it would be like um, I had her over to the house, right? And I got like echoes, you know, <laughs> so like all over and I'm like, hey, Alexa, uh, you want some more wine? And like my whole freaking house lights up blue, dude. You know, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to change this. So I changed all my echoes to uh, you can only change it to like uh, Alexa Echo. Or Amazon. Okay. And it's always like, oh, Echo it is, right? <laughs> so now to this day, everything is Echo, man. What what assholes where they don't let you pick your name? <laughs> you can, I know. Yeah, Here's three you can yeah, pick how, from. Yeah, I know, right? I want it to be like Ozzy Osbourne voice or something, you yeah. know? So wait, yeah. so you said you're, you teach now, like college-level classes? Yeah, I teach. Um, I volunteer to teach, uh, like, management classes online. And then I'm, I'm trying to get into, um, like, my grad work was in leadership, executive mm -hmm. leadership. And so I'd like to teach leadership. Um, it's one of those like broad categories that everyone's kind of uh, seeking in in one way or another. So I'd like to I'd like to get into that. But yeah, I teach management, and then um, I teach a lot of uh, like business process improvement as well. Okay, yeah, actually, so I have a little cheat because 
you recently got uh, selected for chief. And yeah. I got to go to your uh, ceremony, which was really cool. That was pretty, that. for here, right? That was, was pretty sweet. It was really good, yeah. Um, but what was cool is like seeing your printout thing of all your accomplishments and awards. And we go to the same school, Columbia Southern University. I'm oh, nice. two, two away from my master's in organizational leadership as well. Oh, sweet. And I was like, oh, look at that. One more thing in common. Yeah. Uh, so when you were saying you were teaching, is that I, I didn't really know what, when I get that degree what it can help me with. It's just the Air Force pays for it, so why not do it? And is that has that given you any avenues graduating with a master's? Um, I don't know if it has yet. I, you know, the only reason I, I went after it, like my, my undergrad I did in my industry. So I, it's fire administration. Mm -hmm. Right. And then for graduate, I always recommend to people like, Hey, if you don't really know, do something broad, you know, like management, leadership, you know, human resource, stuff like that. Um, I, I really did it because I knew, I knew I had to keep going past undergrad cause it was free. Like if you're not yeah. spending free money, I knew it was free. I knew I had to keep going. And then I thought, okay, what does the Air Force need from like senior leaders? They need, they need leadership, right? And like once I said that, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go with leadership. Um, and I knew it would reflect well on, um, on boards for senior in chief, you know? Like as you, because I mean, you know, if I went after like basket weaving, like it might not look good, right? But if I go after executive leadership, it's like, hey, like, okay, that's, that's who we want, right? We want executive leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, so, that's the only reason I went for it, man. And like, truthfully, uh, I don't even like school. It sucks, but um, it's free money. So I agree. It is free money. So when we're talking about mentors who are a lot younger than you or lower rank, I have this guy, Justin Gray, who is, I think, I, I think he was still A1C when I was, I don't know if I was a master select or a master. One of the two. We'll, we'll just go as a select. Um, but he, one time I was like, I was taking like two classes a year, you know, using 30% of our TA. And he was yeah. like, Taishi, let me ask you something. I was like, what? He's like, do you like free money? And I'm like, well, of course. He's like, if I could just give you $4,500 a year, would you take it? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And he's like, then why aren't you using all your That's TA? What I know. And it took someone like five ranks lower than me to be like, dude, you're just wasting this yeah. money. And so I was like, you're right. And like, and he was taking six classes a year. So I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to match you to the best I can. Dude, isn't that why? You know what was crazy is when they took away TA, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone was all up in arms, bro. But the data suggested that only like 17% of people are freaking utilizing <laughs> it's it. It's my right. So how, yeah, 100% <laughs> of people are whining and bitching, but only 17 I'm like, why are y'all complaining? You don't even use it, you know? But I'm glad it's back. I am too. Is it back a uh, 100% or? Or 4,500 bucks a year. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was, I think, 37.50 for a while, and then they gave it to us all. Did it, went, it went back? Yep. Yeah, you got to use that, man. I mean, it's free money. It's free money. And, and to think that you can have a graduate degree um, for free is insane, you know? And then after that, I was like, shit, like, what do I do? Right. I know I need to keep, um, self growth. Right. And I was doing some stuff in my industry with fire. I'm involved. Um, I'm really proud of this. I'm, I'm the, uh, DOD's advocate for the national fallen firefighters foundation. And that comes with a lot of teaching as well. Um, and so I knew I, I, I needed classes for that. Um, and I'm really stoked about that, but I also knew I needed to keep going like in the military leadership realm. So I found, I, I went on Chief Wright's bio. I shit you not, this is a true story. And I was telling Wolf Chief this the other day. I went on his bio and I'm like, okay, well, let me just see if there's something I could do, right? I mean, shit, might as well emulate the dude who's the dude, right? That's a really like simple and obvious strategy that I never thought of. Right. So I look at it and I'm like, what the hell is that? And he had a graduate certificate and executive leadership from Cornell. I'm like, this dude went to Cornell, right? And I'm like, all right, cool. All right, Chief, I see you. So I, I look it up. And I'm like, damn, there is a course, right? And it was like, I think it was like 3000 or something, right? 3000 bucks. And I was like, 
I went to the squadron and I asked the squadron chief, I'm like, hey, man, TA is not going to cover this. I'm a, I was a senior in COA. I'm on the phone with them. Hey, TA is not going to cover this. Um, what do you think? Uh, you know, this is how I'll give back to the, to the squadron with this, right? And, uh, and he was like, yeah, man, he was awesome. Dave Bowerman is his name. Awesome dude. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, I got you. And they paid for it. So now I have that same thing as, uh, as Chief Wright had. Um, from Cornell? From Cornell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Andy I finished Bernard it. went there. I don't know if you're an office fan or not. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I have the mug. That I should have brought that <laughs> shit. shit. I, the, be, the best boss or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have it in my room. Okay. Damn, my girl bought that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Alexa, she's, the guys she's love like it. Wonderful. Yeah, she's, she's pretty legit. So, so you, you have a certificate from Cornell, and the Air Force paid three grand from or your squadron paid $3,000 for it. Yeah. I appreciate that. That is really that's cool. a good, that's a good, hey, for y'all listening, like, I mean, that's a, it's a trick of the trade. I don't know if it'll work or not, but I mean, the thing is, is I looked at it like, hey, you know, I was a deputy fire chief at the time, senior master sergeant. Mm -hmm. I was like, look, I'm going to take what I learned and then I'll do like, you know, developmental seminars or whatever. Like, I'm going to give back. I'm going to give my time back. And that's a small price to pay, 23000 I mean, yeah, so that's like car. nothing, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, especially in the DTS Don't the next world. airman a rental car. It'll be fine. Right. <laughs> So yeah, man, it worked out, and now I have no freaking clue what to do next, as really? far as education. I, I don't. Just, I mean, I don't know, man. You know, so I'm learning a lot. Like, here's the dude. Here's the deal. I'm telling you, best fifteen dollars ever spent. YouTube Premium. I mean, it's insane. Like, I'll literally sit in Harvard lectures for nothing, right? Like, that's like half a million dollar a year freaking tuition, and yeah. I'll sit in lectures on my TV. On YouTube Premium, I'll uh, I'll watch TED Talks, Google Talks. Like you got like world renowned folks, like all these books that you have over here, like all of them doing their speeches and stuff for free on YouTube Premium. I learn everything about finance. I learn everything. Like YouTube Premium is the best, and I I can't t say it enough. So I, I have YouTube Premium, but literally just so I don't have to watch commercials. And I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know there's like extra features. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, it's in bed. First of all, dude, you can never watch an ad again, right? Oh, yeah, it's like, good for it. <laughs> I'm, I make too much money to watch ads. When, I, when I'm when i on somebody's YouTube and I'm watching an ad, I'm like, you peasant. <laughs> like, what is happening here? It was Spotify. I was at the Hooch and someone had, like, Spotify and then an ad. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's brutal. Why would you even hook your phone up? <laughs> yeah, so YouTube Premium is the heat. I'm telling you, man. Best fifteen dollars of my life, and it comes with YouTube Music Premium as well, mm -hmm. which is cool too. But uh, yeah, so that's where my education comes from now. Just YouTube videos, so no credentials, just straight learning and growing, dude. No, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of industry stuff. Um, I try to write for like industry magazines and stuff like that, and I, and like I said, with the foundation, I try to. Um, they have training platforms that I try to do, but other than that, man, yeah, that, that's pretty much the education piece, you know, learning from people. Yeah. I think that's where you do the most learning from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I can't believe you have this thing over here everywhere. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Shameless that plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> I don't even sell these things anymore. They're on Amazon. So, yeah. So, I, I'm since you pulled it up, I was going to. It was my plan to do it. That's why I had it here. But AJ Keel, he, he read his own, wrote his own book, which I didn't learn about to your chief induction thing. I saw it. I was like, oh, you got your own book? Like, it was, Oh, nice. It, it was on there. It was on there, right? Yeah, uh, it was on the, yeah, uh, Scon again. Yeah. I didn't know, it wasn't on my bio. He goes, hey, man, he's like, you can have your publication on your bio. I'm yeah. like, really? No shit? So I put it on there. That, that's cool. So I bought it on Amazon, but living in Korea, it takes three, two to three weeks. I have Prime. Still takes two to three weeks to Fair. get here. 
And so I wanted to read it before he came on. Uh, I didn't get to since it didn't come. But today he came and brought me one. And uh, Kiara Fraser, episode number three. Got yeah, for one sure. Um, so yeah, if, that book is, look it. Look. Explain I'm what's gonna, in this book, actually. I'm, what's that? Expl- yeah, explain about the book. Dude, I, that book, um, it's actually legit. And I'm not saying that because I wrote it, obviously. But I'm saying it because I feel, um, and I'll give throwback another 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 alley-oop here because uh wolf chief is pretty dope he keeps it real right yes and that's what i pride myself on right and um i was in military clothing one day and i saw i'm like let me you know let me get a book let me let me you know let me see what's up and they had this book called the airman's guide have you seen it it's blue and it's by this guy boone something i don't know so i'm like oh shit like airman's guide right i'm a young maybe i had a line for tech right and i'm you know i'm just trying to develop and I, I'm reading it, man. It was boring as hell, man. Yeah. And I was like, okay, why isn't there like a, like, here's the real. You want to, like, if you, you want to promote, you want to, um, you want to just, you know, want to learn like leadership traits. You want to, um, you want to ex- succeed. What are the habits? What are the traits? How do you, how do, how does all that work? And so I started, I started writing. It. I was like, man, I can write a better, I can write a more interesting book. I don't know about better, but. And it took me three years. It was the, it was the worst. I gave up on it probably like 30 times. Like, yeah, I'm so lazy, but every time I was on leave, like I'd be on a cruise or something and I'd have a couple, you know, long islands or whatever. (laughs) Start talking leadership. I'd be like, like, oh, course 15's a pain in the ass. And then I'd be writing about how that was a fire ready aim type of scenario. Right. And then, you know, I'm on another leave and then all of a sudden I'm like, man, how come people don't check their email if it's from their supervisor. You don't know the golden rule. And then I'd be writing about the golden rule. Or What's the golden rule? The golden rule is if, dude, if they're in your chain of command, they need, you need to put the rules in your outlook to prioritize it to where they get the first dibs. You know, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like it's it the most obvious thing. And you'd be surprised how many people don't freaking uh, reply to their own supervisor, man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. I don't have that problem now. But when I was a tech... Like, I had the problem, you know? I'm like, guys, like, you know what I mean? Like, if my boss writes me, like, rest assured, he's going to be the first one to get a, a freaking response, you know? <laughs> you, yeah, you'd hope so. We have this rule. We have to check your email once a day before you leave. So hopefully everyone gets back to you, and sometimes they don't. And oh, they have to check it once a day? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an unwritten rule, but it's a rule. Yeah. yeah. In the book, actually, it talks about, like, um, like, with my time management strategy of, like, checking your email twice a day, once in the morning as you plan and you filter using like a system and then once at the very end of the day and trying to not check your email throughout the day because it takes away from what I like to call my make time. And, uh, it takes away from like getting after things that have impact. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know how it is. Like you're doing something and then the email pops up. You're like squirrel. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, my, uh, old captain in Germany, captain Cody Campbell was saying that like he would, he, he created this thing. that was called like in, at work leave where like once or twice a week you just or once every week or two you just take a day where you close your door you don't answer your phone you don't answer any other emails you just do what you need to do what was it called at work leave yeah so basically you just you don't no one you're not there even if it's important leave me alone like it's a leave essentially but to catch up and it was a really great idea because of that like just the little distractions oh dude it's crazy it is it is it's crazy and that's in the book and then um also there's like a lot of like the innovation stuff and then um there's a chapter in there called uh, Awards, the Biggest Scam in the Air Force, right? I would love it. You know what? With, with, with one of the awards you got, this sounds That's really fair. good. That's and I would, fair. No, but I, like, I, I had that as something I wanted to talk about. So I do want to hear about your awards thing. And 
start talking about it. I had another thing too you said, but I this camera looks like I fucked with this wire and I think I, I pulled it up. So it might be angled up like at the ceiling. I can't really tell. So I'm going to check it. But yeah, just all uh, these awards. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, the camera. How's it looking? It's good to go, man. It's good to go. You didn't pull the wire. Yeah. I did. Oh. It just, maybe not hard enough. Well, the thing about awards is crazy because like they're important. And it says that in there, right? It's like, hey, man, like, I don't know what you want. Like, they're important sometimes. Uh, you shouldn't chase awards or anything. Like that. They should come naturally. And I, and I really believe, like, if you're, if you're a person of high character uh, and, and you're really just going to work like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my all to my teammates and to the organization, you're going to be fine, right? You're gonna, awards will come. I'm just simply saying that in this, I found, so when I was in innovation, one of my jobs was to capture time and money saved by the wing. Okay, this is at Spangdalem, true story. And so I would capture it by like people would be doing something and, um, excuse me, they uh, like uh, like they saved money and, and I kind of write down in a narrative like how that money was saved, blah, blah, blah. And then that all went to a big competition for you, safety called March Madness. Mm-hmm. Whatever wing saves the most money and time gets like 250 grand, okay? So, or whatever it was, and I towards quality of life stuff. And I was like, well, I want my wing to win, right? So I'm doing it. And then, um, so I'm sitting on an MSG board and I'm boarding packages like awards. For those of you not in the Air Force, it's basically like we board award packages. And dude, like every other bullet was like, blah, 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 saved Air Force 10 mil. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Uh, saved Air Force 9 billion hours, right? I'm like, <laughs> damn. lives. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, first of all, this is awesome, right? So I'm like, I go to my chief, Chief Jen Brenbaugh. I'm like, hey, I was like, chief, I, I, I don't want to get in their Wheaties, but obviously this is important because if they save these kind of numbers, like, I just want to know so I can capture it so we can win this competition. And she, great chief, by the way, Jen Brenbaugh. I hope you're watching. Uh and she's like, yeah, you know, she was so, she always lets you fly, you know what I'm saying? Full autonomy. And she's like, yeah, go for it. Just, you know, don't, um, you know, don't go too far in the Wheaties, right? Yeah. And uh, and here I am, I'm like this motivated. I think I had a line for master, dude, right? So I'm trying to talk to these senior NCOs and. Uh, Is that Spangalum? And- Spangalum in 15. 20- oh, wow. Yeah. And so it's I'm not like. Not long ago. Not that long ago. <laughs> and I'm like, so I go there, I'm like, hey, I'm not trying to get in your Wheaties, but can you run me through how. $800 million was saved, right? Like, and we go through, dude, I'm telling you, bro, crickets on <laughs> every single one could not explain for the life of them could not explain how they got to that number or even remotely close on say, on money or time. And I just remember thinking like, dude, this is bullshit. Like you can't be lying like this. You know what I'm saying? And just to keep it real, there's a lot of people that are lying. Mm-hmm. And they use like seven steps of Kevin Bacon to get to their number, right? Like blah, 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 save 10 mil. You're like, oh shit. And then you look into it and it's like, well, I let the dudes on the base. And if those contractors didn't got on the base, they couldn't have done the work. And if they couldn't have done the work, then the 10 mil wouldn't have been saved. And you're like, bro, what? You signed somebody on base, you saved 10 mil? So yeah, that's why that chapter. <laughs> that's really good. And I'm excited to read stuff like that. That book, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It was literally that. It was an idea, a thought that was interesting. And then like, here's a story behind it. So shit like that sounds yeah, really man. good. I'm, I'm excited to see it. And 
And I'm going to try to read it so I can talk to you about it before I leave here. I, I'm going to try to push the book club to make it one of our books of the month. Man, that's awesome, John. Yeah, especially if you like participate, it would be cool like to like have the dude that wrote a book. Dude, I'll be there. Because, yeah. you know, in the beginning, it talks about how I think the first chapter was called, what is it? A Beginner's Guide to Wrecking Your Personal Life, right? And it was like how the military and anyone in the military who's watching this or listening to this, they know... Yeah, be, uh, I think it's like a beginning, a beginner's guide to wrecking your personal life. They all know that like it's tough. Your relationships are tough in the military, bro. Yeah, you know, and civilians don't understand. Like, look at us right now. We're on a remote. Like, mm -hmm. if we have people we love back home, like we're separated for a year, and so it's in there about just kind of like a little bit about my personal life. Um, and then on the on the front for those of you that follow Fired Up Chief Juan Lewis, who's awesome. He's a, a big motivator, uh, motivational speaker. He was a command chief. He was a command chief at AETC. Um, he's here on the front endorsing it. And then I got a couple oh, chiefs shit. on the back. Yeah. So, dude, it's awesome, man. And every book that I sold, we've sold like three thousand copies. And every book that I've sold, I've given an airman like a free copy. So I haven't made any money. I don't, you know. That's awesome. I don't care. And I'm not doing this because you said that. But who's ever made it to thirty two minutes in? If you just hit me up and say you want this book, I'll buy you one. Boom. There you go. And they've, first, made it to 30, they've made it to 32 minutes. Some people will, but I feel like a lot of people do reach out to me. And what's cool about this platform is people do reach out and, like, they'll identify something that either my guest or I said that I really wasn't thinking was that intellectual or important at the time. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, I guess that was kind of interesting. And that's what's, like, another really cool thing about this is just the random shit we're just saying bullshitting while drinking whiskey. It's, like, yeah. really interesting to some people. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, as you're talking, I always have, like, so many, like, roads i'm like oh i want to ask you about this one of the things you said there is you talk about how to get promoted is one thing in there but you also talk about leadership traits uh just off the top of your head what are like some of the most fundamental quick grasp leadership traits someone can like just acknowledge and pick up like names like that that one's mine learn someone's name remember them yeah. what's something in there that's like big as far as leading yeah man um i have a lot of leadership traits in there um i think the most important is it actually comes from Ray Dalio, and uh, he's a he's a hedge fund manager for um, for one of the largest hedge fund hedge funds in the world. And in his book Principles, I don't know if you've seen it, but Principles it's like a it's like a top seller, but it's something that it's even on my coin. And it says radical truth and radical transparency. And what that means is like I want to create an environment that is like an idea meritocracy, meaning the best idea wins. Right. And in order to do that, we got to keep it real, man. We, so radical truth, like even if it hurts, like you got truth is truth. Right. And a lot of people, if you notice, like a lot of people want the truth until you tell them the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. it's like that that young man or woman who like sucks at singing and their their parents tell them they're freaking great all like forever. And then they go on American Idol and the country booze them. It's like that's not fair. Right. Radical truth, man. <clears throat> and then radical transparency. One of the things as I was coming up, I noticed is uh, leaders were hoarding a lot of information, man. And they were hoarding information to leverage their own power, right? It was like they were hoarding information because they wanted to feel important because they had the information. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the biggest leadership trait is radical truth and radical transparency. So that way the best ideas can win as well as like um, I was I used to teach CGOs um, like how to not be so risk adverse. Like you have to empower people to like take big time risks and fail forward, right? Like, let them fail, dude. Like, it's awesome. And if somebody fails, like, have them do that same thing again because out of everyone in your pool, I guarantee you they ain't going to screw it up again, right? Because they've already felt it where yeah. other people are going to screw it up. So, like, 
I don't know. I would say radical truth and radical transparency, man. That's like something I'm trying to really coin. No pun intended. Yeah. I really like both of those. Um, just, just the withholding information part, uh, chief woods. So before I brought him on here, like two weeks out, I was like, what's your favorite book? And he told me it was, uh, what got you here won't get you there. Uh, that's, yeah, he said yeah, that's yeah. his favorite book. And that's one truth. of the 20 rules you have to break is like when you have information that could even maybe help someone share it. Yeah. Cause so many people do that. They withhold information, which just hurts everybody. It does. And, and just, and you're, you you do not really gain too much from it. You're just this asshole and people will find out. Yeah. So that was cool for you to say that. Well, cause the why was never answered back then. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. Like no one was that. No, it was shut up in color straight up. It was like, there were, there was no why. And, and I tell all my staff like, Hey, like, if you can't answer the why, bro, don't tell them to do it. Yeah. Like, because if they're like, hey, uh, and and hopefully they do it in the right form, right? Like, hey, uh, so I was just, you know, why, why are we, you know, why are we blah, blah, blah? Or what's the purpose here? Like, you have to answer that, bro. If you can't answer that, you're not leading. You're just freaking telling people what to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. You got to answer the why. Yeah. So I think it's pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. And, and the other thing you said that I thought was really interesting is the, uh, the letting people fail side of it in a, that Dale Carnegie book, my favorite book, read it once a year. Uh, there's that story. You've read it, right? Before I tell the story. Well, wh- Carnegie, which chapter? How to win friends. In a, it's like page 53. Is it on the smile? Guess. Is it on the just past the smile chapter? You know, like uh, when, like the, uh, I think it's chapter one. That's like smile. Yeah, right. I so yeah. I should, for someone who reads it as often, I should know the chapters. I don't, I read through it and just smiles like, Oh, look at all these things. I'm sorry. I'll remember it when you tell me. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's in the fifties. I'm, I'm 90% sure. That's for sure. In the, <laughs> in the pages of fifties, but it's just a story about this guy, this, uh, very big, strong, tall pilot who's like departing after an air show. And then he departs and his plane crashes shortly after cause some guy put the wrong fuel in there. Mm. And so this big, scary Lynn, Colonel Viper, you know who Viper is? Colonel Savage? Yeah. That's who I like to imagine when I tell the story. This big yeah, six yeah. foot five guy who's the strongest guy in the gym. <laughs> he just don't <laughs> want to fuck with him. He never really smiles, but he comes back to the base and this poor airman who like, or whoever, he, I don't know if he's an Air Force person, put the wrong fuel in the jet and that's what made it crash. And so this Viper, Colonel Savage, big bulky guy comes up, puts his arm around him and says, listen, I know you made a mistake and I want you to put to fuel my jet tomorrow when I leave, because I know you're not going to mess it up twice. Right. And so like, that's just like a perfect example of like when people make a mistake, you have two options. You can ridicule them, get pissed off at them, yell at them, or you can just forgive them and like let them grow and let them know that you were, you it's, it's behind them. I love that story. I do too. It's highlighted. I just gave that book to Giovanni, but yeah, I have. I love that story, man. That, that reminds me of, uh, we had an airman Wansley and he like screwed up the commander's call. He was like the, uh, MC young airman. And he screwed it up. Like, what did he do? Oh, the, like the command team was already standing in front of him. And he's like, everyone's standing there for like freaking five minutes. And he goes, uh, and he's reading the script. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand for the official party. (laughs) And they're like legit in front of him. And he's like, and he's just looking at him and they're going, you know, (laughs) and so he screwed, you know, he screwed up. And then afterwards people were giving him shit. And I was like, Hey man, dude, you're definitely the MC for the next one. And you're like, what? I, I screwed, you know, I, I screwed it up or whatever. It's like, no, dude, like you're definitely not going to on the next one. Like you, you've been there, you've been in the fire. You know what I mean? And without failure, dude, you're never, you, you can't perfect anything without failure, man. That, that is such a good story. Cause that is a fear. Every airman has is they're going to get picked to be a speaker for some change of chain of command. Cause they don't mm-hmm. want to do it. Mm-hmm. They're going to fuck it up. And that probably went, what was his name? Wansley. You know, we probably shouldn't have said his name. I'm not going to edit it out, but like Wansley was and I bet I kind of, he did like, a good should, yeah, he, he fucked it up and he's probably really embarrassed. But then when he got that second chance and nailed it, 
he has like now known for his life. He can be embarrassed, fuck shit up, but he can overcome it. Yeah. And that's something people need, right? Like people need to like fail. And that's something that I think like, you know, we have a lot of mental, mental health is a huge issue right right now. And I think a lot of it is because people aren't like losing, Mm -hmm. like you have to lose, bro. Like if, if you play a baseball game and you give all these trophies to both, to the winners and the losers, it's like, dude, you didn't lose. Like, you need to feel, like, when you're young, like, damn, they're better than us. Yeah. Like, this sucks. You need to feel that feeling so you can get back on your horse and keep going and then win. Yep. Um, but if you don't fail your whole life and then you come into boot camp and then that's the first time you're told you suck, uh, it's a shock. And I think that that's one of the resilient see yeah. issues we have yeah i agree with that so much i have so many like ideas on why sports are important I, i'm not insulting my father but my father hates sports he hated like he didn't, he didn't like that i played him growing up it was like he would take me sometimes but it was usually my responsibility to get there myself and get home afterwards he just wasn't a fan of sports he's a farmer it makes sense he just it wasn't a thing when he was a kid and he didn't have that opportunity but i love sports and so i always now that that was like how i grew up i try to think like why was sports so important to me and why should it stay stay being important and it's things like that, like learning to lose, learning like no matter how much effort I put into something, how much I trained, how much my team trained, in that moment, it's like masculinity versus masculinity or women versus women, like full force, and only one person is going to win. And yeah. it's like how much time did you put in? How important was this to you? Yeah. How much were you willing to work with, with your team to be better than those other yeah. people? And that's why I love it. Like there's some satisfaction when, when you do that and you win. Yeah. And there's this complete feeling of failure like when it goes the other way dude that's so true i lost that like every like i was never really put in for awards until i was like, maybe a staff sergeant and like i straight up lost dude, at least 20 in a row <laughs> right <laughs> just like and i lost <laughs> you, put, you put yourself in every award and Bro, lost. so true like i like i when i won the big award in 2019 it was well eight, 18 i won a big award but prior to that so you figure I got an 03. So 15 years in, I had never won, not even a quarterly award outside the squadron ever. You went from never having a quarterly outside CE. Yes. To the, the, one of the, the top 12 awards of the year. Yes. That's crazy. And that's like, like, that's what, that's why I hope that encourages people that like, dude, I, I like, I sucked. Like I, 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 <laughs> I, I was sucked. told that I was submitted for crap and I failed. Hey, you were submitted and you lost. Hey, you were submitted <laughs> and you lost, right? For like 15 years, man. And then um, and then it was the innovation stuff. I won a big innovation award. And then it was like when that happened. Spark Tank? Um, it was like the uh, it was the Air Force has a, a innovation award for like it's called the General Spencer Award for Innovation. And okay. it's presented at AFA by the Chief Master of the Air Force and the Chief of Staff. And I had won that because of the efforts um, by my team in USAFE. When I won that, that was the catalyst. Because then the next year I won like the big award in my um, AFSC, my, my in FIRE. I mm-hmm. won the big DOD award. And then that's what led to 12 Outstanding Airmen. But mm-hmm. like, so that little span is great. Awesome. But dude, I failed like a million times prior to that. Like never had I ever won even a squadron quarterly ever. And so that's why I try to tell people it's like when when we submit you, right? Like, so let's say I submit my junior non-commissioned officer, boom, um, doing great things. And then they lose at the squadron. It's like, bro, that's okay, right? That's okay, man. First of all, awards, 
yes, you need them on your EPR, but like, that's okay, man. Because you just got to keep going. Because at the end of the day, like eventually something, it, all you need is one thing. It's like if we, if you and I were starting businesses, you and I could fail at 30 businesses, but if one business does well, we're good, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? You only need one. Yeah. Especially in your case, it, it's such a prime example. And, and he hasn't said what it is, but 12 outstanding airmen of the year was the award he won. Only 12 yeah, people get it. And is weird. it broken down by rank? Like two airmen get it? Is it? How, I, don't I don't know if it's just. Yeah. So get this. I shit you not. Remember my buddy Scott I told you about? Mm-hmm. He was a finalist too, right? Oh, I thought you were we were a finalist right now, right? Yeah. Different. And dude, we were finalists in the same uh in the same Magcom too. And so I don't know how that works. Like I, I really don't. I won when I won the annual at the squadron, I was like, oh, <laughs> Shit, I never won an annual at Scott, right? It's a big deal. And then I won at the group. <laughs> I just and I was, kept going. You, I was were like, just, oh, you were just content at winning just the next Dude, level. And I shit you not, this is a true story. <laughs> Alexa and I had just started dating, okay? And she knows nothing. This girl, she was the, um, so here's my shameless plug for Alexa. Are you she bringing was, her to the White House? So I brought her to the White House. I did <laughs> Sorry, bring her I there. I did bring her there. Keep telling your story. Uh, so she was um, the dietitian for the UFC, you know, Ultimate Fighting. Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah, she was their dietitian. So that's how I, so I meet her. She's the UFC dietitian, has nothing to do with the military. I mean, bro, she's never even, like, been involved. And, the like, dude, like, the fourth date is at the Wing Annual Awards. I'm like, hey, do you want to go with me to the Wing Annual Awards? I'm up for this thing. Walk under some swords. It'll be romantic as fuck. Bro. We fucking, we, we like walk under the, she's like, is this what the military is like? I'm like, eh, not really. Right. I'm like, I've never been, I've never been in this position. So I don't really know. <laughs> don't I don't know. really know what's going on. And then they're like, and the, and the winner for the senior NCO of the year, blah, blah, and they say my name and I'm like, and I'm trying to play it off. I'm trying to like play it off. Like, ah, oh, yeah, no big deal. You know? <laughs> and she's like, what the hell? And then, and then I win that, and then all of a sudden I found out that I won, like, the numbered and the MatchCon, and I'm, like, trying to explain to her what MatchCon was. And then when I found out I won 12 Outstanding, I'm like, yeah, so, like, we're going to D.C.? And she's like, oh, thinking, like, this is probably normal. <laughs> everyone goes to D.C. We're in D.C. <laughs> with, like, chief of staff and, and chief, right? And, and I'm like, listen, hey, we're having a great night. You know, it was, I mean, dude, it's humbling to even think about, like, how freaking fantastic that whole thing was. It was what a ride. But... Um, I'm like, babe, this is not the Air Force. Like, this is not the Air Force. This is, I, and I, I reminded her, I was like, this will never happen again, right? This, <laughs> this is, is the climax. This is it. Like, and so after it was all done, I tried to explain to her, I'm like, babe, I, I don't think you get it. Like, I'll never win an award again. Like, it's over, right? Like, everything's over. This, I hope you had fun. <laughs> this is what's real, right? Yeah, so her very first experience was the 12 OAY ride. That is that is a cool it was insane. Like good luck matching that. I can't. I yeah. suck. Like it, I can't. Yeah. You know what sucks is that she couldn't be here for your chief thing. That 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 would have been cool. She was. So it was like, uh, damn girl. I'm telling you, uh, she's gonna watch this obviously, and I'm giving her mad, uh, <laughs> mad shout outs right now. Like, she. Uh, I will give her love on this though. Um, it was like two thirty in the morning back in the states, and she was on. So my oh, little cool. brother. This is where I do want my little brother David. He's a uh, staff sergeant in Osan, and. Uh, He's a firefighter as well, and he's a staff sergeant. He came down to make the trip, That's and awesome. he, and she, I had her on FaceTime. She was like, nah, I'm waking up. It was 2.30 in the morning. She woke up for the chief recognition ceremony here at Kunsan, um, and he held the phone, t- like, while well, I was up there or whatever. And uh, and so I had, like, my brother. I had my family. I, so we made the very most of it, man. Yeah. Yeah. For being out here. It sucks, yeah, that they couldn't be there. That That's really cool that David's out here. Dude, Is so he going cool. to Dover next? 
No, he's going. Uh, this lucky guy's going to Okinawa, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, old stomping grounds. He's a good young firefighter. Um, he's been in uh, I don't know, probably seven or eight years, and um, and just just kicking ass in uh in Osan. But it's good to have him here. Hopefully, we'll get a few more trips in. You know, yeah, yeah, that is really cool. Can you believe we have family? Like when you have family, you gotta take advantage of it. Oh yeah, yeah, that that is crazy that you're both just here, firefighters in Korea together at the same time. We were at Nellis together. Oh shit! I swear to God. I was like, like you were his boss or like yeah boss technic- boss? technically but I stayed out of the EVR chain right that's fair but we were in the same department yeah that's really cool yeah we had two twins or not they weren't twins they were brothers show up to off at my first base together and it was like really cool to see like no two way brothers that's like they were so happy to have each other they were at the same base yep and they funny. got there the same day like the buddy system kind of thing and they ended yeah. up there How, was it on purpose or was it random so they did the buddy system which only gets you to tech school at the same time and then whatever base you get you get. Really? Uh, but one of them traded, he had like Travis, a really good base, and he traded yeah. to come off it to be with his brother. That's cool. It was cool. It was cool to have both of them there. That's uh, Nebraska, yeah? Yep. Yeah, that's cool. I'd love to go back. You been? You were at off That was too, my right? first base, yeah. I and you liked it. it? I loved it. No way, really? Yeah. So I wanted to go there, because when I got it in tech school, this made me sound like a bad person, there's two all-girl colleges there from my Google search in 2009. I was like, oh, like I, I got to get there. Yeah, all-girl colleges, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sold. And so I traded with uh, Kayla Bailey. And yeah, and and now I'm here. And I like reflecting on those decisions because it was just kind of like a, a Google search. And like that changed the entire course of my life. Everyone I know, like from that point forward, nice. it, it's I like thinking about like how these little decisions are just like this podcast and someone getting this book, like just little things left yeah. and right change your entire life. And that shit is crazy. I love that. Speaking of the podcast, I love I love that you did this, man. And like when I came in today, I was like, dude. You really went all in, man, and I'm really proud of you for, for that because we talked about this um, at a barbecue uh, about what a few weeks ago, a month. I, was that before I? That was before I went on mid tour. Yeah, or after it was before. It was, I think so. Oh crap! So yeah, and you're like, yeah, man. Uh, I know you did a podcast, and I want to do podcasts. I'm like, dude, you should just go for it. And dude, you went like all in and i just love that and you were mentioning earlier like that the folks at your unit are just like yeah one thing about you is if you say you're gonna do something you're gonna do something yeah that's true i love it man it's awesome and i love the uh i love the title it's super cool and you already have what four guests now yeah you you are number five number five (laughs) hopefully we'll get some hopefully we'll get some views otherwise hey you know what i don't even care if we get views because we're drinking whiskey and we're talking and that's what i like this is it sounds like something generic for me to say, but I like this more just to like, it creates an atmosphere where we're going to talk about leadership. I'm going to get the best experiences of your life consolidated in a, around two hours, you know, and I'm going to learn from that. All these things you're saying, the, the concepts in your book that I'm excited to hear. Thanks. Man. Uh, no, yeah, no, just 18 year chief is a very fucking rare thing, you know, and, and yeah. you're so humble about it. You don't talk about it. Like all that award, you probably wouldn't even brought up on this podcast unless I brought it up. No, nah, it's all luck anyway. Like we, we know that, Preparation and opportunity, right, is luck. But, dude, look, if you to if you're and this is for all the chiefs, and I guess I could say this now that I made chief, but like this is the truth. If you're a chief, like, bro, yes, you were you were obviously performing. I get that, right? That's without saying. But, dude, timing, who you work for, where you work for them, when you work for them, like. There's a lot of luck that happens too, right? I mean, it, yes, you're given opportunities and you have to excel at those opportunities, but I'm no better than, dude, a gigantic handful of people I know. Like when they, when I found out I made chief and I made chief over people 
that are mentors of mine. And that is difficult to like accept that. I can it's see. very difficult, How bro. Can I be this guy's boss when I look up to him. Yes. And I'm, when I say look up to him, I'm talking like, dude, like I know people in my industry that are way better than me at uh, being organized, um, knowing our game. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I take pride in trying to know our game. I really do. But like, I know guys that are way better than me, like a lot of guys and they didn't make it. And it's, it's because like, dude, sometimes you're at the right place at the right time. Like, and for me, the innovation thing was a huge deal. Um, the 12 way, why obviously, right. Obviously helped. Um, but it doesn't make you any better, dude. And like, I, there's no way a chief out there can say that like they're better than, than it's freaking timing, dude. And it's like, um, it's hard. Like I'll talk to people who like when chief results came out and they're like, Hey bro, Hey, you make it. Have you heard anything? And it's like, I already like, you're just like shit. Right. When the list comes out and then, you know, you're talking to your friends that, that didn't make it and then you you leapfrogged them and they were your mentors when you were like a tech or a master right and you're just like uh like it's hard bro it's not um you have to remain humble in the sense that like we have to understand that our positions are only one piece of our power right you have that the legitimate power you're based off your position Mm -hmm. but nothing is more than the the referent power right like the power of like, do you influence people as human beings? You know what I mean? Like, rank has nothing to do with shit, man. Like, rank is rank's just something we, we put on, but it, it truly doesn't mean anything, bro. It doesn't mean anything. To an extent, there's five powers, right? And I know that's where you're getting that legitimate, yeah, yeah. Pa- legitimate power is one of those. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a thing, especially in the military. It's a thing. Yeah, you can't, you can't not listen to it. Right. So, but the hierarchy is crazy because we have this modular hierarchy that we're all aware of. But we can also flatten it, too, in a lot of way. And that's what mm-hmm. I talked about earlier with that. Like, best idea should win. And at least in the fire department, I hope they feel that way. Like, that the best idea does win, bro. Like, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Like, oh, hey, Airman so-and-so was thinking blah, blah, blah. And everyone, everyone should be able to be like, oh, shit, that's a pretty good idea. Right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, you don't look at somebody like, hey, what was your idea? How many stripes you got, bro? One, two, that's a bad idea, bro. So you say you know that, I mean? but there's people that do that. Like, sure, we shouldn't do it that way. We should use, ref. like, my idea Power is referent power. Sure. Some people respond to cohesive power. Some people yeah, yeah, will listen do. to you because you're a chief select. Like, people do yeah. that. And it's shitty, but, like, it helps. Like, yeah. there's different powers, and they all have their own influences in their own ways. It does, man. And it, it's crazy, too, because when, when you make chief and we go through the orientation thing, one of the things that, like, 7th Air Force chief and them were saying, like, it's like, hey, bro, your jokes are going to be – your jokes are going to be funny now. But <laughs> – you know what I'm saying? Like, but don't – confuse that right like your jokes can be funny that doesn't mean they're funny though it just means that they're funny because they're looking at your rank it's like who are you as a person and so hopefully my character shines through but john i tell you bro you could be the sweetest peach in the world and somebody's not gonna like peaches Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah so you can't let um you can't like i know i have haters like and that's a whole nother subject right as haters like Cat Williams said it best. He's like, hey, man, haters are haters, right? Like, that's their job. Don't don't discourage them. Like, it's all good. And I recently had a guy, and I'm not really used to this, and I had a guy I found out that was talking shit, right, about me, uh, making chief, for instance. And, like, I'm going to say his name, but senior NCO, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that fucking hurts. And it hurts, bro. And he was a friend of mine. Or at I least I, right? And so, um, dude, it hurt, man. I'm hearing this from one of my best friends, too that was stationed with them. And I'm like, 
man, I hit up Alexa. I hit up, I hit up, I, dude, I hit up my, uh, one of my mentors, Kevin Smith. I'm going to send you this link. Kevin Smith, I hit him up. And I'm like, dude, like, this is what happened. And I'm like, this shit hurts my heart. Like, because, like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? I'm used to, I'm used to people, uh, I'm used to people in my corner. At least I, I hope. And, uh, dude, I didn't know what to do, bro. But you know what I did, man? I hit him up. And I said, hey, man, <laughs> straight up. I was like, hey, man, this is what I'm hearing. Um, and this sucks. Like, but I confronted it. And, uh, and he was like, dude, I don't know where the conversation um, happened, but I'm really sorry and blah, blah, blah. And take it on its face value. But at the end of the day, like, I have to realize that when you see success, like, you're going to have people that don't think you're genuine you're going to have people that um, don't think you're uh, a, a man of high moral character. You, you just It's going to happen, bro. And all you can do is just keep going and try to take care of people and uh, have deep, meaningful relationships and hope that it doesn't happen. But, dude, it hurt, right? Especially as a friend. like Because he didn't make chief. Yeah. And uh, hopefully he's not watching this. But, and, man, that shit was real, though. So I have to, I have to be cognizant of that. Yeah. Uh, see, again, that's why I love this podcast is because you sharing that story that, that is really deep and it's a thing that exists, but we never really talk about it because I, so I'm the air, air power leadership Academy director here, dude. It's, right. And someone approached me the other day and, and they said, I know you're only doing that for a bullet. And, and it was just like, man, like that hurt. Really, yeah, it does. Like I do. And I know I'm, he's probably not the only one that thinks that and the shit hurts. Like I enjoy talking about concepts to make people better. To, to make you be able to influence people. I really, I really enjoy that stuff. And when he said that, like, I wonder how many other people think that, like, mm. that I'm just doing that. And it's so easy to say to, like, just don't let other people's opinions affect you. But it does. It does. We're humans. Yeah. Like, yeah, rank I, has nothing to do with it, right? You just made this rank that everyone, almost everyone that joins the Air Force considers. And, like, he did, he said this, this whatever, in that moment, he said that thing, and it, like, takes away from you. Like, that makes me mad. That, like that's a big fucking deal for you, and he made you feel just made it a little less significant for you. Yeah, yeah. It's just fucked up that people do that, and it, I know it's natural. I know it's human nature to 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 talk bad about someone when you're jealous or angry. Jealousy, bro. I learned my lesson when I was a young airman. My buddy Austin Calderon, man, he was a uh, he was my roommate too, which would made it even uh, weirder, I guess. Yeah. So we were we were down in Spain at the time the space shuttle would launch from Florida and like there were certain sites in Spain that the fire department would have to go to in case the space shuttle had to like abort or wow. some shit right tau they were called tau missions uh alternate landing sites or whatever the hell T A L yeah tau I don't, I don't know. alternate landing site we'll go with that yeah. <laughs> ALS <laughs> we'll go with that tau Owls I don't missions. know I don't know maybe it's the whiskey but there was like Zaragoza and Marone. Uh, anyway, my buddy Austin won a quarterly award, okay? And thanks so much, bro. And, like, he wins this quarterly award. And remember, mind you, he's my friend. And I was a little pissed because I was, like, doing good shit, too. And I was, like, I, I screwed up, man. I, you know, I'm 19 years old. I'm This is, so, I guess I'm 20 years old. And I was, like, dude, how? And I'm talking to him. I'm, like, how'd you win, man? I was, like, doing blah, blah, blah. I was, like, I don't get this, blah, blah, blah. And, dude, he was like, dude, F you, you know, <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's like, how can you be like, you know, and I was jealous, man. And, uh, and that's when I learned my lesson. And um, I came back around, you know, and we're, we're straight. And but I apologized. And I was like, I don't, 
I don't understand what was going on in my head. It's weird. You know how the Air Force system does you dirty, right? Like, it's like, it makes you competitive when you shouldn't. We should complete, not compete. Yeah. But we don't. And uh, that's when I learned my lesson. And since then, I have never, uh, I, I don't think I have, I don't think I've, um, you know, been that way bef- again because I remembered how much it hurt him as yeah. a friend. It's like, I'm going to lose a friend over a quarterly award? Get out of here. You know what I mean? So that's when I learned my lesson, 2006. Yeah, I feel like it's that's such a lesson that everyone has to go through to experience. Because I've been the same uh, girl, Christina Diaz. She was smarter than me. She was better than me. uh, And she got BTZ over me. And I just remember thinking, like, what? (laughs) I just couldn't accept it. Uh, But now I'm not older. I'm like, yeah, she was doing a lot of shit that was right, you know. And I I should probably reach out to her and be like, hey, I know I said some fucked up shit to you when you got BTZ over me. But you deserved it. And he and Austin might have been better. She might have been better. Maybe she they maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But like you know how it is. It's so subjective. Like the people yeah. that are grading the packages, like whatever they're looking for is what they're looking for. It's not worth losing a friendship, is the point, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so stupid to think that because you didn't get this recognition that, that person It's so stupid. You. Especially in hindsight, as yeah. us like older, you're like, What the hell? Yeah. But at the time, you know, you think it's important. And yeah. it's not as important as your friendship, man. And I think about that not just with the Air Force Awards, but so many other life aspects of, like, relationships, like what was important to me at that time. Why did I, like, not just say sorry in this little moment that made it a bigger deal? It, oh, it, damn. It's important to, like, yeah, just reflect on, like, I think that's how I'm getting better is I'm just realizing all my mistakes, like you were saying I earlier. Agree with you, yeah. Yeah, you, get, you grow from it. Dude, that's so true, man. Yeah, I definitely learned. I definitely learned from that moment there. Um, and then, you know just remaining humble man and like the best way i can you know because it's tough like when you make chief early and and the expectations are high right um you have to like remind people it's like dude i'm just trying to figure it out too you know this is i'm a i'm the fire chief here this is my first fire chief gig man like who were you doing at nellis what do i know i was the deputy fire chief but the thing is, is I, I literally was, I was an assistant. Well, I've been an assistant fire chief for a few things, but I was the assistant fire chief of ops, which was like our main bread, bread and butter for like a year. And then I was a deputy fire chief for like two years. And then now I'm a fire chief. So that's like a four year span. And in the fire service, that's kind of fast. And so like, I'm not lost on that. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a lot to learn. Yeah. And so I put that out there into the universe. Like, Hey guys, I'm going to screw up. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a lot to learn. Yes. I may be in this position, but that doesn't like people look at positions and they think, Oh, they know it all. It's like, hell no, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hell no. So when I went, uh, I'm, I'm as a top three member, I went that guy that won Levito, Sergeant Kara Sawicks. Yeah. Kara Savage. My, my Savitz. dude, Aaron K. So Sergeant K. K now. Sergeant K now. The guy's like a freaking fast burner. Now the guy's freaking <laughs> Sergeant now. It's and he's a Levito. Yeah. Like, Levito. So here's what, here's what I liked is I went there just for a top three presentation for a, for him, Senior Airman K at the time. Well, I, his, uh, his his package had Senior Airman K on it. You're talking about when you went to the firehouse? Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, I remember like that. my second or third time going there. I remember you, that. You love finding recognition for your I guys. I remember that. It, it's cool to see your packages. Uh, hopefully, I can remember to talk about this later. Why do you always write packages for people with something that I think is like a concept many senior leaders don't do, and I want to know why you keep doing it. But to stay on this topic is... So we were there to recognize the Levita winner, Senior MK, for winning a whole different award of just being the, the best in the top three, Kunsan top three eyes, best airman of that month. Yeah, MVP, December. right? Yep, most yeah. valuable. Most valuable player. I should know Professional? This, uh, yeah, professional. Thank there you, you for knowing that, and I don't. Yeah. 
Um, so I went there. We went there to nominate. There was like eight senior NCOs or so. It was my second time there. And like again, when I got there, something I loved is you said, "Hey, what's up, John?" You know, we don't talk much. I'm like, man, a guy knows my name. That's cool. <laughs> you know, like it's such a weird, simple thing that I just wish everyone would learn people's names. Uh, so we're there, and we're presenting now Staff Sergeant K with this award. And before I get to like present this award to him and let you speak on him, you pull up this random airman. Uh, I forget his name. He was an A1C, I think. And you let him wear your fire chief patch for a yeah, day. Yeah. And he got to like brief people on what he was, he learned, yeah. I guess, as being fire chief for a day. And yeah. so it was really cool for me. Like, again, I love organizations because of moments like this. I was standing there and I saw you. Uh, yeah, you were, I don't know if you were chief select at the time or not. Were you? Like, end of January? I don't know when that list came out. Yes, I w- uh, we found out in November. Okay. Oh, so yeah, you were definitely, because this was the December yeah. MVP. So chief select, because I, yeah, so Chief Select, let this guy be the fire chief. And let's see, be the <laughs> fire chief for a day. You gave him your patch. You didn't even have it on. Yeah. And, like, so he had to, like, nervously brief his group of 30 buddies, coworkers, yeah. like, what he learned as fire chief for a day. And for me, it was so cool because as air traffic controller, we have chief controller, assistant chief controller, which is sure. my new job, uh, and then watch supervisor who's in charge of air traffic operations in that moment. And I have never thought, like, when one of these airmen are just being assholes or need to learn, like, why don't I just make this motherfucker my job for a day and yeah, see what yeah. he does? And to see, like, you did that and then made him talk about it, I was like, what a fucking great idea. And you could just tell he was, like, humbled, like, I'm, I'm sorry that I don't ever know anything. <laughs> and it was just such a cool idea. And I haven't done it yet, but it's definitely, like, in my journal. Like, I journal, I journal, and it's in there. Like, man, I went to present this award, but uh, Staff Sergeant K is a Levito winner, which is cool. Uh, but this was more interesting. And I, like, I wrote about it. It's in my book. I can show you when we're nice. done here. But like, what made you come up with that idea? Like, let me let this A1C, probably his first base, maybe second base, yeah. be the damn fire chief for a day. Yeah, super cool, right? It is. That's um, a simple concept. It's super cool, and it ain't mine. It's uh, Shantan Russell, who um, just made chief as well. He was the fire chief here uh, two chiefs ago. Um, so prior to me was senior master sergeant, now chief master sergeant select uh, Walls. And then prior to that was Shantan Russell. It was Shantan Russell's program. And he created a program called Fire Chief for a Day. And all I did was honestly just try to move that move that ball forward, right? Um, I was briefed about it when I got here. I was briefed, hey, uh, Shantan created this thing. I did it once um, by Walls and uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, damn, I like that, right? So I, all I did was take his idea. And uh, we've done it twice now since I've been here. And yeah, it's cool. So basically... Uh, we have our badge, you know, our fire badge, mm-hmm. and it has bugles. And, like, your firefighter has, like, one bugle. And then by the time you become an assistant chief, you get three bugles. A deputy chief gets four bugles, and a fire chief gets five bugles. So I gave him my five-bugle badge, right? And uh, for that whole day, um, he's the fire chief. And so he has to sit in all my – he or she, it depends, right? He has my um, – he goes to my meetings, and I even sit his ass in my desk and have him check my emails, and I'll sit behind him, and I'll say, hey, you know, this goes there, here, this is what you do here, this is what you need to tell them. And the point of it is hopefully by the end of the day, he, he or she can go back to their peer group and help answer the why. Because I can answer the why all I want as, as the leader in the organization, but I need – I need champions at the lower levels. And so if they see all the shit that happens behind the curtain, then maybe when people are like, hey, why the hell are we doing this? I'm like, actually, let me tell you, I fielded a few emails on this. <laughs> I served this job for a <laughs> Let day. me tell you why we're doing this. <laughs> and so I'm hoping that 
he or she can answer the why. That was the whole point is like, hey, talk to your peers, man. Like, this is different. Because when I was young, I used to think, I used to think like, like man, that tech sergeant doesn't do shit. Yeah. Right? That mass sergeant ain't doing nothing. What's the fire chief do? What's he even do? Right? And so giving them that glimpse and, and literally sitting in my seat at squadron or group or wing meetings, um, sitting in my seat, checking my email, going through the motions, my, my staff meeting that I host at the flight, going through that to where they see the holistic view of, of like, oh, damn, you know, there's training and there's fire prevention and there's logistics and, you know, there's emergency communications. Manning. There's a lot of happening, right? <laughs> so yeah, Manning. Shit, like, hey, Airman, at that time it was Airman Chapin. And be like, hey, Airman Chapin, oh, you know, we're submitting, Chapin? yeah, we're okay. submitting an MCR to Manpower. What? <laughs> right? And then, <laughs> hey, we got a meeting with Manpower at 1300. Okay. And, you know, they're writing it down. And then we go to Manpower and they start explaining how that works and they're going, the hell is going on right and so hopefully they can explain oh hey our leadership is not only doing things but that they care about us they understand our hurt and that they're getting after it and that's what i'm trying to do it, it's such a great idea and i'm gonna steal it from you i hope you're okay with that yeah man it's just, awesome. yeah, like it's just such a good idea to make someone do my fucking job for a day because I get those jokes like, oh, are you going to leave at two of the day? It's like, no, bitch, I'm going to a meeting for three hours that I don't want to go to. And I'm not going to sleep tonight because this airman has a problem. And I didn't get to think about it. I haven't That's done my true. own decoration. That's true. I've Hats off 30 to days. <laughs> Just like, dude, you asked. Hats off to all first sergeants. Yeah. I mean, though, first sergeants, bro. Like, I remember when they were trying to get rid of first sergeants or something. They were trying, they were thinking about it. Like, dude, first sergeants, bro. These guys aren't sleeping. These guys are getting calls at midnight, bro. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I'm a big fan of my current first sergeant. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I could imagine that. Me too. Shout out Sumner. I got you, Mike. I know Sumner. Yeah, he's McDonald. a good dude. Yeah. McDonald's? He, he was actually ALA with me uh, last class. And oh, were he you? came to the yeah, airport. I didn't know. Family. So, the ALA thing, I didn't know that you were like the the guy for yeah. that. So, Gene Tashida was, he created it. He, he handed it off. And then he gave it to me. And then I'm giving it to uh, Michael Thompson. Well, Gene, first of all, Gene. And Mark Draffin. Gene, what a guy, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, Gene and I have been friends for a while. Very, uh, very genuine guy, man. Ellis is where you met him? Yeah. Yep. But I love Gene. I mean, Gene, True. Gene and I got probably closer here. Um, he, he's just a loving guy. He, 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 he creates an environment. He creates a culture down at EOD, um, where people feel comfortable. You know what I mean? And so Gene's an awesome dude. Um, but the ALA thing, I just sat with one of your people today. Yeah. Tech yeah, Sergeant Branch. Okay, Cherie uh, Branch. Oh, she's one of my favorites. Yeah, Cherie and I sat down, and uh, we had a great discussion, man. She's phenomenal. We had a great discussion about, um, dude, everything, yeah. right? From leadership philosophy through diversity through, you know, challenges in your career. And her and I sat there for an hour and a half at the CAC, uh, the uh, Community Activity Center, and... Um, Dude, she's phenomenal. And then I got the opportunity to coin her, too, at the end, and she seemed to really like that. So she got our limited edition fire coin, bro. That is awesome. And I this is going to get posted before this event happens, but on tomorrow is Leveraging Diversity Day for ALA, and the week after that is each one of those students are going to talk about their leadership philosophy and their conversation with their chief. Oh, cool. And I'm making my chief, Chief Clark, he's coming tomorrow because that the student is PCSing, and this is her last class. But... I'm going to talk to Cherie, and if she's cool with you sitting in, I think that'd be kind of cool for you to, like, sit in on the ALA class just wow. to, like, see what someone says about you. More for your growth than anyone else's. 
Uh, but I could see maybe she'd be uncomfortable. She's like, like he was one goofy ass dude. Yeah, like if she. So, so when I last, like some of the some of the students are like, I'll be honest, I was a. I'm not gonna say who my chief was. I was an ALA student, Osan 2017, and I couldn't. When I was talking to my chief, I couldn't understand how this guy like made chief. I just wasn't a fan. He, all he did, he didn't let me talk. He just talked about his awards, his success, how he like, he just didn't let me talk. And then he like kind of was like, oh, oh, I gotta do things now. Are we good? And like I just remember thinking like this sucked. <laughs> this guy sucked. Mm-hmm. And I like was like, man, like, I don't know if I ever, like, <laughs> I didn't like, yeah, I had like kind of a sour taste towards it. Cause the guy just kind of rushed me out and talked about himself. Um, but yeah, if it, I, I bet you weren't the same. I could imagine if you're interested in going, let me ask Sharif. So she's not in the case she wants to talk shit about right, you. Right, right. <laughs> like she's actually a subscriber to have a you podcast. Oh, is she yeah, really she is. cool. Yeah. She talks yeah she's about super it. cool. And you know, she has a great story too. Um, mm-hmm. I won't, I won't get into her personal life, but what a great story of, um, you know, she like, like me, I joined right away out of high school. So I don't know any better. Whereas she's had real life experience. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So she brings wisdom into her career, uh, doing one job. And then, um, and then, you know, serving and saying, Hey, wait, you know, this may not be for me because she was where she, where she was really, where Sheree was really smart is she was thinking about her mind and body long-term and what she was doing in her pre- uh, previously in the air force. And that's why she got into education and training now is because she was like, damn, you know, I don't, I don't, this is what I see five, 10 years from now and I don't like it. So mm-hmm. she, she changed tracks and retrained into education and training. And now she feels like she's in a completely different culture, man, and a completely different environment that she just loves and she can thrive in. And so she's going to do big things, man. She's like yeah. a seven-year freaking tech, man. That girl, uh, yeah, she's on fire. Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree. She's one of my favorite students. And yeah. I, mean, I don't think we're supposed to have favorites, but she just says some wise shit. I and mean, yeah, yeah, she doesn't yeah. talk unless it's important. And she keeps it real, yeah. man, which yeah, I that's like. What, yeah. yeah, actually, um, I have a thing called Have a Tai Chi Podcast trailer on YouTube, which has my most views. And when I'm talking to Kiara Frazier, like I just took a highlight from Gene Tashida, Chief Woods and Frazier. And the story I'm talking about with Frazier is a thing Cherie Branch said like two days prior to my podcast with Frazier. And I just like repeated her story. And it was just so interesting. It was just about like resiliency training and how like, I don't want to read. I'm going to retell the story because it'll take 10 seconds and I want to hear your reaction. But basically Cherie was saying that resiliency training is like you're being abused. And so you're being abused and you hate it. And people are telling you to get counseling and you don't want to do it. And then finally you go and get counseling because it's residency day and you have to. So you go to counseling and then your damn counselor walks through the door smiling and it's your abuser. <laughs> you just have to sit there and listen to your abuser and counsel you basically. on how to deal with it. And Cherie told that, oh, fuck. I don't know if she wants me to know. I'm going to have to edit this out. I'll ask her. Uh, but basically she shared that story and it was just like, my favorite one of my favorite stories of, it was my favorite story of that day it might be my top story of that yeah she sees things from a, a from a unique point of view yep. which i love you know we we talked a lot about um diversity and inclusion and the difference right you know like because she asked me i think one of her questions was you know uh, how do you how much do you value diversity or how do you i, I don't know exactly how it was framed but and you know i went along the lines as like you know i i appreciate diversity but i value inclusion more because like we're in the air force. We're very lucky. We have a diverse workforce and it's naturally occurring. We do right. For the most part. I mean, besides maybe the pilots. Right. Um, but we have a diverse, like for me, I have a diverse workforce. So for me, it's, I don't value diversity as much as I value inclusion. 
right? Like I value, like, does everyone understand that they, they have, that their uh, ideas are taken seriously? Does everyone understand that this is about, you know, making everyone feel important? You know what I'm saying? I do. Like it's a big, I think it's a big difference, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so her and I had a long conversation about it and she has just such great points of view. Damn, Branch, you're getting all kinds of love right now. Yeah, uh, she even I gave her my Have a Tie Shoe podcast. I'm a uh, patch because you know jerseys are a thing here. You're gonna get you're gonna wait. You got a patch? Videos. I do. Dude, do I get a patch? You get you get a Velcro Dude. and you get a, a jersey one if you have a jersey. Bro, you get both. I, I appreciate, appreciate that. that. No, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah, like what the hell? It's free advertising for me. It's like two dollars for yeah. me. <laughs> now I'm glad I gave you two books. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I deserve this. Yes. Oh, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. Damn it. I thought I got nothing on my board. Oh, I mean, I got a bunch of things on my board. It was just, it was uh, very interesting what I, where I was. He's got a board. Oh, yeah. He got to. You got to be prepared. Man. No, it's you this are, thing. Hold on. So, so this uh, guy, Colonel Clark, he might be a general select, told me you got to write little notes. That's and right. so when you're approaching someone, right. you know what I to like say. It. I like it. Fair. Yeah. Oh, and Fair. I got a lot of things I could ask you. Let me see. Um, Before I look at that, when you, so it's interesting that you said that your 12 Outstanding Amity of the Year Award was a lot of luck. Or like a lot of your being a chief yeah. at fucking eighteen years is luck. Um, really interesting to say. And this was something I was like when I wrote it down to ask you about it. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't ask this because it might be insulting. But uh, one of my favorite books is Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. Outliers. Yeah. You read it or heard it? I have read it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that book is great. It talks yeah. about why most NHL players, like I think it's like sixty percent. I'm I could be wrong. Sixty percent of NHL players are born between January and March, and then it explains why. It explains why. Asian people are better at math and there are like legit reasons on why all these things are happening. It explains why Bill Gates was as successful as he was. It's a great book. Um, but it gets the, the, the bottom line of the book is that a lot of people's success is sure they're hard, they're driven and they hard, work hard, but it's just luck by being put in particular moments at particular times. Yeah. And so how much do you feel like a lot of your air force success is just luck and not so much your drive? I don't know, you know, I, I would say, I guess half and half, like, there was two, prof there were two profound moments in my life, and one of them being um, my ex, you know, I, ex-wife, we yeah, okay. we were making dinner, man, and we were cleaning up from dinner, and I asked her if, uh, I asked her if I'll, I said, babe, do you think I could ever be a chief, and she said, no. And, uh, and it was mainly because like I got, I got in trouble for having earrings on, <laughs> uh, on base. So I think she was like, you just had earrings on like you're a dumbass, you know? But I think more than that, you know, I was like, what? Right. Um, because I felt that I had something inside of me that could, uh, could do well. I, I felt, yeah. It. Yeah. And now I have some street cred, but I felt that there was something, I felt like I had something. So I say that, that, yeah, there is a piece. I think all of us know, uh, whether or not we have something to offer this world. Um, so maybe half of it is drive passion, my energy, um, performance, right? Whatever. But I would say a lot, I'd say the other half is luck, right? Because I was at a coffee shop in Spangdalem. I had just taken the Green Belt course, which is the AFSO 21 course. For the continuous process innovation. Yeah. And I had just, and I really enjoyed it. And um, <clears throat> Colonel uh, Colonel Hernandez, Drysdale Hernandez at the time, which was crazy because I just talked to him last night for the first time in like five years. But That's crazy. Uh, he stops me in the coffee shop. He goes, hey, AJ. And I like you. I'm like, hey, he knows my name, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't relate to that. He goes, hey, AJ, he goes, hey, man, um, Marty, who was the innovation guy at the time at Spindellum, he goes, hey, Marty's got to go home. He's got an emergency thing happening. He's leaving. We're looking for a replacement to for the innovation transformation office. What do you think? I'm like, oh, shit. Like, right? I'm just having coffee. But you just went home that night instead of went to get coffee. That's right. Exactly. See what I mean? Yeah. He goes, hey, Marty says that you really enjoyed the course and that you were that you had a lot of questions and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. Um, let me talk to my chief. And I went and talked to Chief Tim Randolph. And I said, hey, you know, this is this is what's going on. And man, look, Chief Randolph could have said he's the IMSC chief now. He said he could have easily said, like, no, bro, like I need you in the fire department. You know what I mean? Like I got manpower constraints. And he was but instead he's like, go for it. Right. And so I called Colonel Hernandez back and I said, hey, my chief said it's okay." blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, I'm doing innovation and see it's like that's luck. Right. Because I'm in that position now. Yeah. You have to do something with that opportunity. But it, the whole thing was luck. I, like when I look back, I don't even know how I got in the green belt class in the first place, let alone, you know. Yeah. And so I'm a big believer that like if you're put into any position, you have no idea the dividends that will pay later. You just don't know. So you can't you have to be a grand optimist. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to you got to enjoy things. You got to be lighthearted. You got to have fun. You got to engage because you just don't know where it's going to lead. You don't know where it's going to lead, bro. You just don't know. And so I would say, yeah, that was luck, man. And because like with that, we did a lot of great things and it led to that gigantic Air Force level award. That Air Force level award was on the package for the fire award. And then that those were on the package for the 12 outstanding airmen, you know, it, and then it's, it's crazy. And one of the things that this is important to me, John, like, like everyone talks about strats. And for anyone who watches this, if you're a senior NCO, you already know the strat game, right? Yeah, sure. It's a bullshit ass game, right? In a lot of ways, but it also has some validity. Um, like this is really important because I, uh, you know, I won't, this, I won't mention names on this one, but like I made chief, I did not have a strat, and not a lot of people even know that I did yeah. not have a strat, man. I didn't even have one. I didn't think and to could. think I didn't have a strat, like most people are like, twenty percent of chiefs get a strat from their wing, right? Sure, twenty percent, twenty percent. Yeah, like senior master sergeants going for chief, right? Yeah, because they have top twenty percent, and uh, and I didn't have one, and like not a lot of people know that, so it's kind of like exclusive. Right? Yeah, again. I love this platform. I would have, I would have assumed yeah. you were number one of fucking right, right. 83 or whatever. Oh, I get it, man. And that, um, I had a strat when I made senior, but, uh, mainly thanks to chief Brimbaugh, but like for chief, I had won this big award and it required me to go out on the road a lot. Right. Because when you're the 12 outstanding airman of the year, you're expected to go to everything from AFSA pack to, uh, all the AFAs. I don't mean this insulting, like you're a show pony, I guess. It's, yeah, okay. you're, you know, you're a recruiter for the Air Force in a sense, right? Like you're, you know, you're going to the big events. You're, we're going to the um, Air Force Academy, which is where I got this. Cool. You're going to the Air Force Academy. You're speaking to cadets. You're speaking to potential recruits. You're speaking to people that are in there. You're, you're just a face, right? And so when it came time for strats, I sat down and my, my squadron commander basically was like, uh, yeah, you weren't here or whatever. I don't know what he thought. And it, it is what it is. But, you know, basically I wasn't there. And I'm thinking like, well, how was I supposed to be there? Like, 
you know, I had to be on the road. Um, and, uh, and they decided not to push me, man. And, um, mainly because I wasn't there, I think, you know, which is fine. Or maybe they felt I wasn't ready. I don't know. And which is fair. I'm young as shit, you know, but, uh, it was brutal. Right. And so I gave up on chief, man. Like, I swear to God, you can, I mean, dude, you can ask Alexa. So you found out you didn't get a strat and you were like, I'm content. I was like, it's over. Yeah. Because, because anyone, how can you do better? Well, (laughs) the, yeah, that like at the end of the day in my career field to make senior, you have to have a strat and to make chief, you have to have a strat. It's, it's like the facts don't lie. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. Our career field's that way. Yep. Yeah. And so when I didn't get this, it's the outlier. So back to your point, right? Like, and I didn't have a strat. And so I would, I was it. I was like, okay, well I won't make cheap. And, and honestly, I didn't, it is what it is because when I got the assignment to Kunsan, I was supposed to go be, I had, I had a job lined up at the pen, uh, the Capitol Hill for the legislative liaison. I, I was pretty much hired for that, uh, based off of 12 way Y stuff out. Um, there's a chief there and he was phenomenal and, and I was pretty much hired. And then all of a sudden I got Kunsan, I got non-involved here. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> But I had a follow on to Ramstein. So without the strat, I was thinking like, man, you know what? This is cool. I started my career at Ramstein. I'm going to end it at Ramstein as a senior. And who cares? Like, I was totally content. Um, and I wasn't thinking about Chief, not even a little bit, bro, because I didn't have a strat. And as time went on, I went like in the like phases of like depression. I was like, how did he not strap me? Like, I'm one of the 12 outstanding game of the year, and I'm not one of the top 20% in the wing. Yeah. Right? Very, very it doesn't natural. make sense. Yep. And there was a new chief there, and I won't mention his name either, but, you know, I didn't think he did a very good job of uh, of advocating. You know, my fire chief did, but at the end of the day, it was basically like I wasn't in the seat because I was out. And so there it is. Right. And so I'm just feeling down and I'm feeling out, but I recovered and I'm like, dude, it's all good. It's going to be fine. And I was telling Alexa, there's zero chance I'm making chief. We're going to Ramstein. Like literally I was like, we're hundred percent going to Ramstein. And dude, two weeks prior to the chief results coming out, I was just sitting there and I was thinking like, how can I not get promoted? Right? Like I was thinking like the board's got to see, I was like, they they can't ignore that line. Right? They can't ignore it. <laughs> they gotta give me a 10. You know? And so I'm like, damn. And and my girlfriend the whole time was like, babe, you're making chief like it's not even a thing. Like she and know, I doesn't and she like doesn't so. know shit about <laughs> she military. Know. And she's Just like, You're fine. Optimistic, yeah. And I'm like, No, I don't think you understand. I'm not. Like zero percent, right? And uh and obviously rest is history in terms of, you know, I made it without a strat and it was very surprising to me the amount of people, like, not a lot of people know that, but I share it because the words do matter, bro. Like, and what you do in this Air Force matters. Like, you don't always need a strat. Now, I know that's easy for me to say. You could be like, well, AJ, yeah, but you're totally white, dumbass. Like, of course. But, like, the words matter, bro. And one person, in this case, a squadron commander, shouldn't be able to like dictate your whole career, you know, shouldn't be able to like squash you, you know? And so because I got through and because I was one of the few, I think the last one, I don't want to say his name, but I think there's another chief, uh, one of my mentors that also made it without a strap, maybe about six years ago. I think that was the only other one that I know of. And, uh, and I hope that it's like 
encouragement maybe to people out there who they're in this crazy system and then maybe they don't get stratted um, and they feel like they're completely out of the fight and maybe they're not. You know what I mean? I do. And as a dude who's, I'm, I'm 31, I just turned 31 this month and I didn't get a strat going up for senior. You're only 31? I am, yeah. Wait, when'd you come in? Oh, nine. Oh, no. Uh, oh, November 08. You're on fire, bro. I appreciate that. Slow down. <laughs> Thanks. Guys, on fire. Yeah, I'm, I, I did okay. I got so a lot of outliers. I think it was a lot of luck. A lot of luck. Um, I, I feel you there. Yeah, like I do. Like, I, I was surprised I made master. Yeah. You know, I, I studied and I took my test. Well, I like, don't even know how I'm going to finish it. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool to, like, hear people make it without a strat. Because when I got my EPR back in October and I didn't have a strat, I was like, oh, I'm not going to make it, and I'm fine with it. And, and it made it really easy for me to accept because there's so many yeah. master sergeants yeah. in air traffic that I'm like are way better than me, way smarter than me. I'm not even, like, I'm a radar guy now, but I'm not a ra- – there's so much I just don't know about half of my career field. Yeah. So it's easy for me to accept. Um, but then there's people that I'm like – I'm competitive. So like I, I tried to just be like, I don't want to make it. I have enough stripes. I can have all the influence I want. I'm content here. But then I also know like I, that's not going to last forever. Like mm-hmm. eventually I need more positional power or more opportunity because you only get so much. So it's, yeah, it's just interesting to hear like someone like you who won 12 outstanding game of the year, someone who I'm assuming you only missed rank once. I'm doing my math. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one did you miss, dude? I couldn't make staff to save my life. I couldn't make <laughs> staff twice. No, a lot. Like, oh. shit. I, so I came in in summer of '03. I didn't make staff until like '09 or '10. Shit. So yeah, we were, we were airmen together, bro. Yeah, <laughs> we and were. then and then I and then I made every rank I think first, but like, dude. But you, you I think that did. was a blessing, man, because you learn so much. You yeah. learn so much, and a lot. You know how right now we're promoting them so early, and, which is awesome. But at the same time, it kind of hurts them. It, it, it and I think I'm a part of that. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest. I did you win BTZ too. or something? I did everything except get, I got I made staff tech master first time, and then oh shit, and then I missed math. You are on fire. I was, yeah, yeah. I didn't make staff. For a while. Well, and it was partially because I didn't know what the hell the PDG was. Nobody told me until like my third time testing. They're like, bro, are you studying the PDG? I'm like, the what? <laughs> They're like, the PDG, you dipshit. There's this book you got to study. I'm like, oh. And so, yeah, it was a little late in the game. But then I, but then, you know, I was a late bloomer, man. But then I made Tech Master Senior Chief. Yeah, all in one time. Yeah. So you made Staff Tech Master Chief all. all. I made Tech, I made Tech Master Senior Chief. First time, yeah. That's awesome. But we talked about this prior, right? It's it's because of the way the system had changed when they went to boards. I mean, you, you made tech and master with time and grade still a thing. Okay, time. so, so time you, and grade I did, no. but not master. Master, they did have boards. Okay. Yep, it was the first year. And, uh, and we talked about that. We're like, you know, if they didn't go to boards, I had zero chance because I didn't have time and grade. You know, I didn't have time in service, time in grade, but they went to boards that first year, and that's what got me across the finish line. I'm biased because I know you. You learned my name, so I like like you for these other abstract reasons. But I feel like you do deserve to be achieved. I thought it was really cool to like know you as a person around the base, and then to look at your your board on your induction ceremony and say, "This motherfucker, we were not, we might have been in high school together." Like now, this motherfucker's a chief. Like that shit was really cool for me. When I saw you had a book, and I bought it that night drunk. I was like, Thanks, "I need man. this book." That's you know? the key. Just get drunk, and you'll buy the book. <laughs> get people drunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
This thing's crazy too because we, so remember I was mentioning McKenna, um, the uh, the Space Force yeah, um, officer, and her and I started a book, and I kind of feel bad about this shit, but we everyone was telling me, hey, write another book, get another book. So we started writing another this book. Was, this was after this one, mm-hmm. and excuse me, her and I uh, started this book, and we might finish it. I don't know. But basically, it's called. So, have you have you read uh, Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss, or maybe heard of? Uh, I've heard of it, never read it. So basically, in Tribe of Mentors, what Tim Ferriss does is he asks the same eleven questions to like world renowned people in their industry. Okay, so Bill Gates and whoever, right? The same eleven questions, and one of the questions would be like, if you had a billboard and min- a million people can see it, what would it say and why? Or another question would be like, what's the best investment under a hundred dollars that you've ever spent and why? Whatever. So we decided to take that concept, morph it into Air Force-ism and ask chief of staffs of the Air Force, chief master sergeants of the Air Force, like, and it was called Surrounded by Greatness, Air Force Tribe of Mentors. You got answers from the chief master sergeant of the Air Force? Oh, I already have them. Yeah, I got, oh yeah. Well, Chief Wright, where you at, man? Like, Chief Wright didn't answer for some reason, (laughs) but we have Chief Murray, we have Chief Benkin, we have Chief... uh, These are a lot of chief master sergeants of the Air Force. Oh yeah, we have like... uh, we probably have, we have McKinley. We have, so we already have a lot. And we already have this, dude. Like, we already McKinley have it. McKinley was at my ALS graduation. Dude, I was on the phone with these guys. It was amazing. Uh, that's cool. Which is another trick, by the way. Like, on Facebook, I was reaching out, and they wouldn't hit, they wouldn't talk to me. I go on LinkedIn and reach out, and they fucking like, <laughs> yeah, what's up, man? I'm like, what the fuck? See, there's what? a strategy that people need to know. It's the craziest thing. LinkedIn. LinkedIn, <laughs> LinkedIn works. You get a 92-year-old chief master. I was getting course. everybody on LinkedIn. And um, we have... We already have probably like 30 or 40 interviews and we want to put this book together. I don't know where I was going with this, but that's the second book that I'm trying to put together mm. is the same 11 questions to all these great leaders of our Air Force. Um, Chief Gold, uh, or excuse me, uh, General Goldfein. We have, um, you know, um, who else do we have? We have some crazy people. We have General Raymond. General Goldfein? Yep, General uh, General Golfing, General Raymond. Yeah, I, I think you need to bring back your podcasting. Like, even if legit. it is on like a cheap one hundred dollar, whatever you had, like. No, nah, I can't do that now that you got all this sure stuff, man. This well, is I'm here for another month and a half. Use this. Talk this to General like, Golfing. That should this be cool. Is for real. We can hook up video and Bluetooth, and it'll it'll. Just being on the phone with some of these leaders was incredible yeah. to hear. You know, because I want to know their their habits. You know. Um, like Chief CZ, right? Our SEAC, you know, he yep. talks he was, about... He was my guest speaker at uh, my NCOA graduation. Was he really? Yeah, Dope. the 20 silver bullets. Me and uh, Chief Woods talked about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you want to fly with eagles, don't hang with turkeys. Uh, that's one of his bullets? That's one of his bullets. Okay. Habits are uh, habits are like a comfortable bed, easy, easy to get, get into, into hard to get out of. Yeah. Boom. That's crazy, we know that. Yeah, uh, that's in the my, book. My fa- is, is it in there? Yeah, my, yeah. So my favorite was um, profession... Oh, no, oh, let, me, let me think about it. Amateurs train until they get something right. Professionals train until they can't get something wrong. That was, my, I think it was number Damn. two or three. That one was my That's favorite. legit. Yeah. That's legit. Oh, yeah. Chief CZ's in here, man. That guy's a monster. He's so coming to me. while you look for that, take your time. I'm going to tell this story slowly. So I got I got an award at NCOA, and I really admire Chief uh, Colon Lopez. And one of the guys on my flight was a PJ, John Hopper. Love that dude. That guy's dope. Yeah, he was PJ fucking dude was awesome. He was homeschooled too, and he didn't tell me that till like our graduation week. And oh. I was like, I couldn't believe it because we have these opinion of homeschool kids. Um, we, we shouldn't, but I I did, and <laughs> so he was a big fan of Cologne Lopez and was talking about him before we even met him. And then he would like give be our guest speaker, told us about the twenty silver bullets, and I had the ones that I really admired. 
And then so when I went up there on the stage and uh, he he gave me a coin, and then like I was wait, CZ to, gave you a coin? Yeah, and he yeah. he was only the chief master sergeant of. Africom, I Africom. think. Yep. Yeah, he, he was, right? Prior to SEAC. Yeah. That, yeah, so that was why he was our guest speaker. Big big deal, but he wasn't too important at that time. I'd never heard of him until he was our guest speaker. And then I I shook his hand, and he gave me that coin, and I started to walk away, and then he like he grabbed me by the shoulder as I was about to meet the the, the colonel. And he's like, John. You know, he even said my name, you know, and I've already told you how much that means to me. He's like, this is just a sprint. Life isn't a sprint. Life is a marathon. Keep pressing. He said that to you? He did, yeah. Wow. Um, I feel like an asshole saying this. Le- I, I got Levito at NCOA, and so that's why he said it to me. I don't think he didn't say it to everyone else. I watched people get their DGs yeah. and academics, and so I got Levito, and he, he said that to me. And I remember just like I couldn't get that thought out of my head that he took the time to tell me and me only something special. That, and, and, and I guess it's kind of weird. Like uh, when you see a guy with a that's that's a PJ, you in the Air Force, you kind of get like, I guess, like a boy crush, you know, on them, like, oh, wow, like, this dude's doing shit a lot of motherfuckers can't do, so yeah. when he, like, took the time to say that to me, and he was saying all these wise things, and had leadership concepts that I was a big fan of, to take the time to say that to me, and, like, say, let's get a picture after this, like, in this Damn. moment, where, like, 200 people, 300 people in Ramstein were looking at us, it, like, meant so much to me that he'll never understand that, you know, so, like, seeing him become the SEAC yeah. is, like, fucking to me like it meant a lot and i even emailed him he didn't get back to me i don't blame him he probably had a lot of people email him that he didn't know yeah but like yeah that shit was like i wouldn't say a life-changing moment for me but like one of those moments i was a journaler then that's so cool yeah like him just saying that took 10 seconds of his life influenced me to realize yeah like cool i got this award but that's not the fucking not the yeah, end of yeah. it but the fact that you got level i did not know that's pretty cool oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty, and NTOA, you did that? It did. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I don't, you know, you should be proud of that because, uh, first of all, it's one person out of an entire class. So you figure at NCOA, you had like over 100 something people yeah. at least, you know, and the one person gets level to So Yeah, I appreciate that. Cool. And, and it was shocking to me because even like John Hopper, the PJ in our flight, was like a way better leader. Uh, and I could think of two other people in my, just my flight alone. And I was like, oh, I have so much to learn from these people, yeah. you know, and for them to think I was number one, that shit did mean a lot. But I think the humility adds to your credibility of winning it. Right. Because humility, you know, when you, when you can genuinely be like, dude, wow. I, you know, geez, like what about so-and-so? What about yeah. so-and-so? Uh, that adds to it too. You know what I mean? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what like really made me, it's kind of, I don't know if this, how I, I'm just going to tell you. So after I got it, like that night, I didn't check Facebook. And then when I w- checked, because we got drunk, we celebrated with my people I'll never see again. Uh, Corey Keaton, that was my like best fucking friend. He was like this maintainer who I thought was stupid because he had a country accent. He was smart as fuck. Like, dude, should have won that over me. Dude was just great. And I checked, we got drunk. I checked Facebook in the morning. And I had like 40 friend notifications from all like these people in NCOA. It's like, that's insane. It was literally like 30% of people just wanted to be my friend off this fucking award. And I was like, this is a huge deal. That's pretty Like dope. in ALS, it wasn't that big. I didn't think it was yeah. that big of a deal. And like, yeah, just, it was insane. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Damn. No, no, tw- I bet you got 41 friend requests off 12 outstanding airmen. There was a few, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, Facebook's cool, but I really do think that LinkedIn is um, like the, the, the gatekeeper of, creating connections that matter i really do i like linkedin man I mean, not enough people have a linkedin profile I don't, like i'm going to make one out but i don't should dude it's like it's insane 
like I said, I'm, I'm talking to Chief Master on the Air Force on Facebook. Eh, blank. I, same person on LinkedIn. Hey, what's going on, AJ? I'm like, what the f- Like, it's like, it's insane, man. Like, people want to connect on there, bro. It's awesome. I think LinkedIn's the pathway, man. I think I'm feeling this whiskey, too. What is it? The Yamazaki? This was, like, much more of a full bottle before we started. Well, let's, let's finish it. The Yamazaki single malt. So I do want to, yeah. Finish us up. I do like that is interesting to me that the chief master of the Air Force retired finds time for you because you have a LinkedIn profile, knows your name. Like that shit is really cool. Yeah, like, you. Well, I got the opportunity. Out. Yeah, I got the opportunity to hang out with uh with um Chief Chief Murray um at the AFA stuff. We got to spend a lot of time because he's heavily involved with AFA now. He's the uh, oof. I don't want to screw this well, up. Orville Wright was the chairman, and I think he took over. Um, obviously i know what afa is i know but right. for anyone that doesn't air force association okay. yeah <laughs> and they put on like the big events you know the big time events with the 12 outstanding airmen of the year are part of the air force association in dc it's like an annual event prior to the rona right um and uh yeah i don't know how i got to talk to him it was super cool uh cz was um he was our command chief at kadena oh shit uh back in the day and so when I got to see him again, that was really cool. And we got the opportunity to hang out at Chief Wright's house um, for a while. And uh, CZ was like, dude, drink his whiskey, freaking smoke his cigars, man. Is it, he's got plenty. He's fine, you know. And so he was handing them all out to us. I mean, CZ was uh, definitely always keeping it real. He's a good dude. Yeah, and it's crazy. He's the highest enlisted leader now. Like, And he's the highest, the highest, right? Like, he's higher than the Chief Master of the Air Force. Isn't it weird how we find, like, links are tight like this guy all he did was hand me a coin talk to me for eight seconds so there's a connection and i'm like oh me and this guy <laughs> like yeah. i'm 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 the top and this the leader with him like i feel that like yeah, i yeah. i feel like if i actually emailed him and like said do you remember that like he would respond to me like, i have that off eight seconds of his time if i need yeah, it yeah 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 and this is a guy that meets people all day long yeah it's wild huh yeah yeah, man, good good people. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, freaking uh, Sergeant K. I was just thinking about that. You made Levito. He made Levito. Dude, I haven't won shit. Like I was a finalist for Commandant one time. What was it? Senior <laughs> in COA. I top think. four, no. baby. I was a finalist for Commandant. I think I've never. And they'd be doing like the distinguished graduate, you know. And I'm like, no chance, you know. Did never you DG. Never won DG. Oh, never. Never know that, man. Yeah, but so like a guy that I'll, I'll admit I admire you just off knowing names, master's degree, you teach PMC stuff. Is that right? P, is it PMC? PMC. Uh, where, as far as the manager stuff. Yeah, the uh, uh, certified manager. That one. Yeah, yeah, certified manager credential. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just odd to me that like you influence in a flight of twelve didn't have that. Like that surprised me, but it also gives me hope that like. You don't have to shine at NCAA. No, like dude, a lot of you people don't. are fake there. You can see it, you know? And, and the thing is, is like my, like my instructor at senior NCOA, Wendy, she's a, she's a chief and she, um, like her and I are great friends now. And like, I didn't need a Wendy G to create a connection. You get what I'm saying? Like, do you feel like you senior NCOA was worth senior NCOA was worth your time and you learned a lot? Yeah. And I, and dude, what, what amazing people on my flight. Same with NCOA. We still Eagle flight and NCOA, man. We still, are close to this day 
And like who wins the awards just doesn't matter. If you make deep connections, right. And those relationships are cultivated. Like what I said, like with my um, senior NCOA instructor, like that's all that matters, man. And like, I don't need the win DG to prove, uh, to prove anything to myself, you know, and the people that win DG, that one DG, great people, more deserving than me. I'm sure, you know, like we all have our own place in life, man. You know what I mean? And like, my place is like, I'm just trying to motivate people and influence them and encourage them and empower them and, and, uh, help people take risks, bro. And if that doesn't mean I win DG, whatever, like I, yeah. you know, it, it, you can only be yourself, dude. You know what I mean? And, uh, and like with Wendy, right. Uh, chief T she's, uh, uh, amazing. I'm going to forward this to you too, Wendy. And, uh, you know, the fact that we have a relationship, I'm sure she has a relationship with, a lot of students, but I'm willing to bet that the relationship that we've created is in the top 5% of her students. I'm willing to bet, man. Wendy was your instructor at NCOA? She was my instructor. Senior NCOA? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't win DG. I didn't win it, you know. I didn't win anything. Yeah. So so what do you what do you think, something I'm trying to capture on these podcasts, what do you think it was that Wendy or you did that was so special that made a top 5% connection of all the people she, like, what did she do special that you admired? Uh, well, she believed in, um, she called it Ohana, right? Which is family. family. And, uh, I think because she made it family first and then curriculum second, I think helped. And also she was so kind to ask me, she knew I had a background in process improvement and she had a future class. She hits me up and she's like, Hey Jay, um, what do you think about talking to my class about, uh, continuous process improvement. I'm trying to get this across. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. And so I talked to them like on a live zoom thing or I don't know what it was, but I talked to them virtually. And, uh, and I think that her reaching out to me meant a lot to me, you know what I mean? And obviously she saw value in what I was saying. And I don't know, we've just kind of kept it close. And like, even like, even going back to my girlfriend, like she, they're all, we're all friends. Like, and my girlfriend wasn't even, wasn't even there. Like Alexa's we weren't friends with her. Yeah. They're friends. I don't even know how <laughs> that we were, Alexa and I weren't even together when I met her. So that's Wendy's cool. that type of person though. She's like a freaking magnet, right? She's like a magnet for connections. Yeah. She's a connector, you yeah. know? Yeah. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to humbly brag about myself. People all the time since I've been a staff started, like, John, you're going to make chief. And it's like, in my head, like, no, the fuck I'm not. Like, most people are better than me, you know? So, like, things like that, like hearing Wendy just, like, reaches out to people, that's something I do. Like, yeah. when someone talks about your friends, like, I, I, like, if it's really interesting enough, I, like, I just want to reach out to them and talk to them. And, like, yeah. it's, like, one of those little traits that I don't think is ever admired or, like, even acknowledged until, like, someone says some shit like that. Like, Wendy reaching out to Alexa just to say, what up? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. now they're friends. It's like something I do. And it's like, oh, fuck. Like maybe I do have these hidden little traits that make me more special. than For I sure, am. man. Yeah. yeah. Being a connector means something, right? Your network is your net worth. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I think you do have that. And, uh, power, you know, yeah. um, it, it's tough, man, because like, like for you coming up quick, right? Um, and for me too, like we're at a, uh, we're at like a disadvantage in some ways because, that people expect a lot of us because of our rank, but like we're still young too, yep. right? Like I'm sure you, like I could definitely remember being an A1C man. Like I can definitely remember being young and and just vulnerable and stupid and 
and afraid like, to ask questions. And I'm the exact same person now, but the only difference is I have more stripes, right? You have all and, the stripes. Right, yeah, now. <laughs> and so, it, but, so that, that, like, that brings me back to like always remembering where I came from, you know what I'm saying? And I think for you, man, like, it's the same deal. Like, just, just be John, bro. You know, do the podcast, take care of your peeps, but like, just be you. And, and everything else will come, man. And like, and if it doesn't come, perfect it doesn't define you anyway like at the end of the day you could be a freaking command chief right which is badass uh but you if you get out and you worked at not that you probably would but and you worked at home depot and you were late on your break and they're like hey bill breaks over like dude i was a fucking command chief who are you talking to like hey good for you bro breaks over right like this is all temporary shit it is this is all temporary shit and so the friendships you make those will those will be everlasting. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll last forever, man. That That is like such a good I- idea because of, of course we're pressured into like wanting to get promoted through our competitive and human yeah. natures of wanting to do things. But for you to just be like, yeah, it's not that important for you to make it that 18 years, you know, and for it's really you not. to say it. It's not, it's not, but what we're, we're pressured into thinking it is. The we're system's pressured. built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I get it. You get the best out of your people by pushing. Like if we just said yeah. it's okay to do nothing, like we, a lot of people might actually like do nothing and we don't want that either. True, man. I know a lot of people that they've made a living off of being like that guy, like, oh yeah, hey, do you know Chief So-and-so or whomever, right? Oh, dude, I love him. I love her. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he was awesome. Like, and you know, he didn't make me do shit. Right. And then I think he's not awesome. He didn't challenge you. Right. Like he didn't like try to try to stretch. Right. And so, yeah, it's easy to be cool. Like I can go to the fire department right now and be like the coolest chief in the whole planet. All I have to do is just not hold anyone accountable. Right. All yeah. I have to do is just party. Yeah. That's and all I have Kusan, to do. You have all of it. I can be the coolest. Yeah. But that's not who they're going to remember. I mean, and if they the people that do remember those and that do value those people, those are typically the people that are not that are trying to get away with doing nothing. But the but the the people with high character, the people that are performing, they don't want that man. They want to be challenged. They want yeah. to be held accountable. They want they want new opportunities. You know what I'm saying? I do. So something I learned relatively recently is that people like organizational structure, and they also like to like no like discipline. Like they mm. like it's easy. Like if, if you are a brand new airman, you don't want to show up to Nellis, and there's no structure, so you don't know what to do. You need the structure. You need to be told this is how you operate. Sure. And and even more so, like even as an airman or even as an NCO, like people actually like discipline. They like to know they're fucking up by someone they respect. I, yeah, you're a very respectable yeah. dude. Like people actually like that and learn from it and grow from it yeah. as opposed to just them fucking up and you be like, don't worry about it, bro. And then they're right, just going right. to keep doing it. Like yeah. they'll, they actually admire and grow f- from being told they Especially fucked up. Especially if you're disappointed, right? Yeah. I had an airman at Nellis and he was just messing up a lot, man. And it'd be like, I brought him into my office and I asked him, I said, Hey, I said, Aaron, so-and-so, you know, I won't drop his name. I'm trying to not drop. Yeah. Names. I fucked up with Sharia. I said, uh, I said, Hey, I said, are you an asset or a liability to this team? And as soon as he was about to ask or answer, I said, wait, 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 don't answer. I want you to think about it. And I left and I just, you know, went off and bullshit. It was, 
And I left him for like 10 minutes, dude. This guy's sitting in my office like, what the hell am I doing in the deputy fire chief's office? <laughs> yes. And, you know, himself. but it's a real self-reflection type of moment. You know what I mean? Am I an asset or am I a liability? Like they want people to to hold them to a higher standard, man. You know what I mean? Um, it's like uh, John Maxwell talks about the law of the rubber band, you mm-hmm. know, like yep. the stretch. And you have to be always stretched, you know. And And I found I'll go into some departments and – uh there's no stretch bro like there's they're doing what they're doing you know and the second you go in and you're like hey no you need to know your job and you need to do it well it's like that guy's an a-hole you know what i mean (laughs) it's like no but over time you can create that culture like man i tell you right now john i'm so kunsan fire department man shout out to my boys at kunsan because uh and female we got we got a female now like they are on fire right now and in the beginning when i got here we were like we had some issues and we we're trying to really get after it through training and a lot of people were pissed but dude i'm telling you right now bro like right now this fire department here they are getting after it, dude they're out all day john training i haven't i don't tell them to do shit i don't even work there really like i'm they literally are fully autonomous they just do it and it's the best feeling in the world, man. And that can only happen when you hold people accountable. It's, it can only happen when you say, hey, no, like we have high standards here. This is what we're getting after, bro. And, uh, and, and they just, dude, people want to do well. No one goes to work like trying to like fuck up the organization. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can only think of this from the small aspect that I've seen since I've been here. But since I've been here, fire department, and we got here around the same time. Fire department yeah. is one three MVP awards, tier two awards. Sure. Not a big deal. They've won three since we've been here. They've won zero in the last three years. So obviously you showed up and did something different. Oh, I didn't know they won zero in the last three years. So that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I can look back and I see them. I see all the winners. Yeah. What was it? And, and maybe you don't know. And this is the first time it's being brought to your attention. Sure. What do you think it was that you showed up and did differently to make this change happen? Definitely. Me. Because, because before you answer it is my idea is if we can, even if it, Everyone's not going to win awards if this is yeah. broadcasted. But if we can just capture what it is that makes simple organizations successful and share that, the Air Force will be great. And But anyone who listens to the outside the Air Force will also be great. So what, it, what is it that A.J. Keel thinks you did differently that made the fire department shine since you've been here? I don't think there's anything that I've done personally. You know, like, I've been, we talk about luck. I'm, I'm pretty lucky, right? Um I have some I have some people down there that are uh, just getting after it, dude. I, I can't explain it. Like we have some go getter, we have some go getters, you know. Yeah, we have some people like him, you know, like just go getters, right? They're just so trying to get. He it. says, "Hey, what's up, Sergeant Taishu?" When I see him around base, like, how the f- like good yeah, for yeah. you for knowing my name. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know how I am about that. Like, wow. nah, Corey does. Yeah, yeah. The, the, we. I Corey think that's what it is, and also we've we've made we've set the standards higher. And like this bar that seems high um, is all relative because it seems high until you reach it. And then it's like the minimum. Does that make sense? Like it, like when we got here and when I say we, I'm talking about me and some of the other senior NCOs, like things were a certain way and it wasn't bad or good. COVID had a lot to do with it, I'm sure. But we just had a different mindset and we went it about a different way, way through radical truth and radical transparency. Right. What, what- Sure, but without so these are your words. So without you're saying the word we language of champion saying we instead of I, like would you say that sure. was your big thing though? Like this is what you wanted when you showed up? Um Yeah, you know, like when you're young you 
you're like, hey, if I'm ever in power, this is, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, but you have to, like, in order to create real change, especially when we have this big ship and a small rudder, in order to create real change, you have to have a couple things. Number one, you have to, in the beginning, you have to, everyone has to be involved in the strategic planning. Buy-in. Everyone has to be involved. Yeah. Second thing that you need is you need to create a sense of urgency. Like you need to show why things need to be the way they need to be. And the third and probably the most important is you need champions at the middle and lower tiers. That's a Cotter's process for change. That is John Cotter's. Yeah, you're right. And you need, uh, it, well, as very uh, summarized, right? Because yeah, he has eight, eight steps. He has <laughs> eight steps. Uh, but yeah. and sense of urgency being one and the champions being third, I think it is on his uh, steps. But those, that's what I've seen. And so that's what I try to create. And we started it with, we all sat down and we said, hey, what are we great at? What do we suck at? What are the things, SWOT analysis, right? What are the things that we could do great at on the outside? And what are some of our threats? And we literally got everyone involved um, all the way to the lowest airmen. And everyone had a piece of the pie. And I think that that helped our culture uh, to get to where it is now. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I don't know. Maybe some people freaking hated at Coons on Fire. But I'm willing to bet the majority, given the COVID situation and all this stuff that's happening, uh, enjoy the fact that they come to work and like they know that it's everyone's accountable to know their job. Like this community, like if some shit happens here, like we will mitigate it, dude. That's what we we don't care about awards. Yes, we're going to recognize our people, but we don't we don't need to be the on paper like, oh, we're the fire department of the Magcom. Like who gives a shit? will mitigate an emergency because that's what you expect from us, yeah. right? You expect us to know our job and my guys, they know their job. And, uh, and that's what I'm most proud of. That is a good thing to be proud of. And I got two things to say. I know a female NCO who has said to me multiple times, we need to be more like the fire department. We just, they all, all they do is care about each other and care about work and they do everything together. And they're to get like, she said yeah. that about you guys, which I'm sure for you being leader, that feels good. And for sure. And the second thing, it's just like, I don't know. I had it while you were talking what I was going to say. <laughs> it's just like, I, I'm just going to shoot from the hip from this point. But like just that, that teamwork, like yeah. to, to give a shit about each other more than like the bigger Air Force Awards, just to like be happy is something like that's uh, me being a senior. So that's all I care about is like, how can my people just be, do the job and be happy? Like that is such a hard thing to fucking grasp, figure out, yeah, push out and like, identify this is how we do it yeah they need to know that you have their back right and i know you know this man um and i think at the firehouse hopefully they know that like there are things that you can keep internal like my squadron commander doesn't need to know everything right i know if he's listening to this he's like what cool yeah i do no he doesn't right like there are certain things that you got to keep internal and what i mean by that is not to like let people get away with shit but like don't forget like who you are, right? Like I was a, I was an airman, right? Yeah. And I did dumb shit. And sometimes dumb shit happens, but if the if the if the team knows that you have their back, they're much more likely to work harder for you, you know yeah. what I mean? I so. do. It's something I've been trying to implement cuz I have this one airman and she is just like so aggressive asking me questions whenever she wants. Like that's how she was to start with. That's awesome though. It is cuz I remember being an airman having so many questions on this, like, how can I do my job? But when I would ask 
an NCO or senior NCO, they would just say, look it up. Why are you asking me? Why don't you know that? And, and they didn't answer my question. And so I just was like, oh, I'm just going to hope this never comes up again. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I, I just wouldn't find the answer. I would move on. And so I have this airman. She's fucking great. She comes to me three times a day with a question. It's like, you know, you probably should be able to find this on your own. But I'm going to tell you because I can reflect on like how much it impacted me that some of my fucking people that my top mentors like wouldn't answer for me like just yeah. hurt me because yeah. i just was like hopefully it just didn't come up again yeah so it's cool that like you have that atmosphere to where people are willing to just ask you or castro or yeah. who, who's the uh i think he's hispanic very very muscular master sergeant firefighter yeah yeah kemp roger kemp Kemp, yeah i love that dude every time i see him on base yeah, point, we don't know each other's name but we point at each other look Kemp is the mayor of this place. Yeah, right? that, that would give that. He's man. our den daddy. He's our provincial. He's the mayor. And what's on his jersey? A smash. That's it. Okay, yeah. I was like, Kemp doesn't relate to his jersey. That's it. Well, the, yeah. Well, the Kemp. Listen, Kemp is. Uh, he's one of like those guys. You know, like if you go, hey, these are the top ten best human beings I've ever met. I Kemp's in the top that, ten. Yeah. You know, I barely know him, but I would give. Yeah, him he's probably in the 10. top five, man. The guy, the guy's a big ass teddy bear. Yeah. He's a monster. Yep. So when I went to your chief induction ceremony, I showed up, got dressed by myself, walked into the. He saw me by the CAC walking, and he like pointed at me, and I pointed at him, and then he kind of jogged, and I was like, nah, fucking weirdo, why are you jogging to greet me? We got into the L club at the same time. He's like bro, your bow tie's fucked up and, like, your collar's up. And I was like, oh, fuck. You know, nice. Like, yeah. And I was like, man, like, you see Just me helping the, you yeah, out. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I was about to walk into this fucking thing and be embarrassed yeah. and Kemp fucking I don't understand jumped. how he knows so many people. Like, yeah. Kemp knows everybody. It's, like, insane. He knows everybody. Every career field, Kemp knows everybody. The guy's crazy. Yeah, that says something. And it, it, that's, like, one of those that does many things that I wish we could identify for people who get promoted. Like, that motherfucker isn't in the top three, I don't think. But he fucking knows everybody. Yeah, true. And, you know, it, it brings me to my, like, a thought of, um, I was, again, LinkedIn. I was, I was looking at something that CZ commented on, and it said, like, uh, some guy was like, things I've learned from the most successful people or something, and... And I can't remember what the big, what the two or three bullet points were, but at the end of it, it said, and they always leave, they always leave the conversation with, I love you, brother. And uh, CZ copied that, uh, CZ commented and was like, man, this is really well said. I love you, brother. Right. And it reminds me of Kemp because he's the guy who he'll tell you he loves you all the time. Yeah. And like how we um, demask like masculinity, like, from like what's cool or whatever and like genuinely there's so much advantage there's like so much ad like it's so advantageous to say like hey man i love you brother like it's okay you know what i mean and that's what kemp signifies like the guy literally tells everyone i love you bro well, he says, I love you, motherfuckers. That's what his thing That sounds like him. I mean, that's his thing. I downgraded it to yeah. I love you, brother. But he does, man. He always reminds you, man. Like, every single day, he'll remind you that he loves you. And uh, and that's a special type of yep. person. So, literally, today, I went to the gym. I woke up at 5.30 this morning. Went to the gym at 5.50. Worked out. I saw him at the gym. He was doing his thing. I was doing mine. And as I was leaving, 6.40, I'm walking out right at the exit of the gym and he like taps me on the shoulder and I turn around and he's like, Hey, see you later, bro. Like he stopped. I don't, maybe he wasn't working yeah. out. Maybe he stopped what he was doing, but like he 
literally like this stopped and caught yeah. me at the door as I was leaving and didn't acknowledge yeah. him to say like something to me. That shit yeah. it's such a simple gesture, but like I didn't even know his name, but I mm. knew I would fucking do anything for this guy. And every time I see him, I just smile. Like what a simple way to influence people that again, nobody does. Yeah. Those things go beyond the barriers of Kunsan too. You know, when I first got here, when I was on the flight here, I had a couple people hit me up just about him exclusively and say, Oh, Hey, Roger's going to be there. The dude's fucking great. Yep. Blah, 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 you know? And so the way you treat people has longer lasting effects than you might know. You know what I mean? It does. Yeah. It like, it like literally today as he did that, I was like something I need to do. Yeah. yeah I could just tell he's older than me. He's wiser than me. And that he took that effort to yeah, let good me know dude. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like just what a simple gesture took 10 seconds of his day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's freaking fun. awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good dude. I love it. Um, I, I'm glad to be here, man. And like, you know, like I said, when you asked me to be on this podcast, I was like, dude, absolutely. And for you to take action on a thought and to be up on this board here, I'm going to write my name up there. Be. Cool. So Hopefully, last... Maybe not tonight. Cause I'm already like kind of drunk. No, you're doing it tonight. I'm feeling pretty buzzed. I got to ask this. What I have like seven different colors in there. What color are you going to use? Blue for sure. Okay. I would have, so, like, I thought firefighters just use red. Yeah, I know. That guess. would be very cliche. You're right. Well, I want to, well, it looks like throwback and uh, and Gene used red. I'm going to go with blue, man. Oh, that's go an blue. option. So, last question I like to ask everybody. All right. Who, well, I guess it's a two-part question. Who, like, your top mentor throughout your 18 years of Air Force, who is it? Shit. And then also, um, like, a moment that, like, in your career that you remember that kind of changed who you were. So we can go with the first one is like a top mentor of your career. You um, can pick more than one if you need. Yeah. To, like, I might need not, to. Not sure. Try not to get too many in there. Yeah. yeah. And what like, but like specifically, what was it that that person did that made you a 12 outstanding airman of the year, a chief selected 18 years, like make that person important. Yeah, so a couple of people come to mind. Number first one would be Chris Moore. He was my fire chief, and he had, um, at Kadena, um, I was a young staff sergeant, and he he basically was the guy that raised my standards. Like prior to him, I had I'm not gonna say lower standards by any means, but I had uh, the standards weren't as high in the sense of like I was good to go, whatever I'm doing. Whereas my good to go and his meeting was like, Hey, that's not good enough. And I'm like, Oh shit. Right. And so he's like, this is where you are. <laughs> this is where you need to be. And because of him, I raised my standards to a point that got me where I was thinking differently than even my peer group. And it was because of Chris Moore. So I would say that he deserves a lot of credit for that. And I keep in touch with him to this day. And then moving forward into my, like my tech sergeant years would be is Chris still in. No, he was okay. a fire. He was a chief master. And he's now, uh, I want to say he's the assistant chief of training at RAF Alkenberry, maybe okay. um, because his wife is English and they wanted to be there. Cool. And, uh, and then as I move forward, Matthew Hitchcock comes to mind because Matthew Hitchcock was the guy who he was my deputy fire chief. And he gave me some opportunities outside of fire uh, to really excel. And that was like, that led to like my first actual award which ended up being a catalyst. Uh, like I said, Chief Tim Randolph, Randolph for letting letting, um, letting autonomy flourish. You know what I mean? Letting me be a peacock like Mark Wahlberg on a fucking movie. Uh, the other guys where he's like, I'm a peacock, let me fly. 
Uh, that's how uh, Tim Randolph was, and I so I got to give him credit. And then um, moving forward, guys like John Thompson, uh, he's a fire chief at Rams. He's the fire chief at Ramstein right now. He um, he submitted me for that award that I ended up winning for Y. He so he believed in me, obviously. And then it can go on and on, man. But like yeah. the mentor, I think like it's hard, man. Like mentorship, you know. Like there's so many, you know. Here at Kunsan. Uh, I think of people like Malcolm Summers, who's my CE chief. I think of people like Wolf Chief, obviously, who's given me time like two or three times. Where you know he's a busy ass dude, you know, and give me time. time to fucking just talk to you. Yeah, and, and fucking keep it real at least. Uh, so yeah, it goes on and on and on and on, man. So to narrow it down to one is tough. But you know, another big mentor of mine is in inside of all the books. I tell everybody like, and you know this because you're obviously an avid reader. Like, books are important, bro. Like. I, I see I find mentorship in these authors that are that have already done big things and they're literally sharing their principles and their methodologies with us, dude. You know what I mean? I like they're sharing it with us. So I think we got to take advantage of that too. Um, and as far as like a defining moment, was that the next question? Uh, yeah, just okay. like a moment that you like can pinpoint. Yeah, that changed your life, like that coffee shop moment. Oh, I can, yeah. Yeah, but like another one, not the coffee shop moment where that dude asked you to be the innovation guy for Spangolum. Like another one, like a moment where some leader or someone said something to you and you like took it. Yeah. And you still remember it. Poof. Um, you know, I don't know. I was talking to Branch earlier today, as you know, and when she asked me, she was doing this interview and she asked me, um, she asked me about like moments and stuff like that. And I would say the moment that comes to mind that changed who I am as a person and as a leader would be on January 31st of 2018 um, when I woke up and my left ear was ringing really loud. And like, and the reason for it is because it was the first time in my life that I c couldn't control something. And uh, um, so w when that happened, and it was ringing real loud, and I couldn't control it. I started freaking out. And then the next couple of weeks put me in this type of depression that I, like, I, I, I'm always an optimistic kind of guy. Like, I've never been depressed. I don't even, I couldn't even relate with people who are depressed. Like, if you were said, oh, I'm depressed, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know, I don't even understand it. But going through that was the defining moment in my life that uh, through that, my faith, stuff like that allowed me to like realize that I don't have control over my life. And I think it like matured me in a lot of ways. Like, hey, bro, like life is fragile, like get a grip. Right. And to this day, like as we're having this podcast, like, you know, it's ringing louder than us talking, you know, now I've been able to deal with it. But it's always a good reminder to be grateful for what I have and to stay humble and stuff like that. And I would say that's the defining moment in my life. It's allowed me to at least I think be a better friend, be a better boyfriend. Right. Maybe a future better husband. Uh, be a better coworker, be a better everything, man, is all because my earring. Just like imagining that life could end is what you were thinking? I guess because like at the end of the day, like pr I like I really wanted to die. I'm not going to lie, but that bad it would. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, for sure. But it I feel like now, like some like prior, if someone's like, oh, I'm just depressed or I'm going through whatever. I'm like, OK, but. Now I will reflect on how I felt and how dark and how deep that shit was. And especially for somebody who's never felt it. Like I've always been pretty good. Like my whole life's been great, man. 
but then when somebody feels something bad now i stop and i'm like oh shit if they feel even half of what i felt like this is okay time out right like something's going on and it does the mission doesn't even fucking matter at this point like this is a human being here what's going on and so i think that that is the most defining moment of my life is that january 31st because like i learned that i don't control my life whether it's a higher power whether it's whatever like i don't we don't control our lives like we must be grateful for everything we have we must value our relationships we must actually consider character and and cultivate character and prior to that i don't think i did i think i'm a man of much higher character much higher principles i think i'm more loving i think i'm more patient i'm not that fucking patient but i think i'm more patient i think i'm just a better all human being uh because of what's happened you know what i mean so that would be the defining moment in my personal and my professional life yeah and, and it's crazy because that that's less than three years ago that wasn't or i guess it was three years ago yeah, man yeah it was. I'm, I'm very grateful to even be here. Like, some days are better than others. You know what I mean? It, and it's really interesting to hear a chief select say that because even as every rank goes through, that's a thing. Like, some days we're like, we're not feeling great. You know, we, we felt those highs. We felt the highest pinpoints of our career or our life. And then when it goes a little lower in a, in, in a sudden sadness, we're just like, oh, well, my life's over. I've hit my pinpoint. And it's not. Yeah. Like there's so many, it's life's a roller coaster. Dude, it really is. I really, I remember thinking like, Hey man, I had a good ride. Yeah. Like, let's go. I was ready to freaking, honestly, I was ready to kill myself, but, um, but I didn't, I had good support and, and, but I really got like, Hey, good ride. Yeah. And it not to revalidate that, like you, I'll say it, you're influencing me. You're influencing anyone, about a hundred people who listen to this thing. Hell like, yeah. Like I, it's so good. People don't do dumb shit like that and make those decisions that's right like i that's right <laughs> uh, we're, we're coming to the end but i have to share this story when i was like a high schooler i was dating this girl and she listens she's a subscriber i think she listens to mostly she talks about it mickey i won't say her last name so no one can google her mickey was her name uh we dated from like eighth to tenth this grade and when she broke up with me i thought my life was fucking over yeah i'm never gonna find love i've given myself and been vulnerable to this person who didn't fucking feel the same. I thought my life was over and then I moved and like now I realize how fucking stupid was I like the lowest point of my life was like thinking that this girl, right. 16 year old girl didn't like me enough and I and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this because yeah. I thought I was like my life was over. But now I can look back at that. And that was damn 15 years ago. Like, how fucking stupid was I to think that was the end of my life? Yeah. And that's all instances. No matter what happens, it's momentarily. Wait a year or two. I, it, it, it's going to pass. That's right. You're going to get the fuck over it. That's right. Yeah. This too shall pass. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a, it's a Bible verse of some type? I, I don't know. My dad told me that when <laughs> I was going through my divorce. He said, this too shall yeah. pass. And it's hard because when you're in the moment, it's like. No, it won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope, this is permanent. <laughs> but yeah. it will, man. Hey, you made Alexa. She sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, she's like, dope. She fucking waited for you a year out here. Already she came, a year. fucking came out. Already a year, man. Yeah. Alexa, you don't know me, but I met you at the on-base Korean restaurant, said uh, hello, right. and then congratulated on AJ on making chief. <laughs> yeah, she's super dope, man. She's a, she's a, like I said in the very beginning of this uh, session with us, man, like, you know, 
you either you're gonna have some you're gonna have people around you that are gonna bring you down or they're gonna lift you up man and you need the lifters if you're ever gonna be anybody because behind every great man behind every great woman is a partner you know what i'm saying sure the partner that lifts them up and that's that matters more than anything to me bro who's your partner uh, well, Alexis is my partner, man. Yeah, my girl. Check that, dude. So I'm not going to preemptively say this or expect anything, but I'll be in America in June. And if you guys ever get married, oh, I expect yeah. an invite. <laughs> I just, I, I Calm enjoy. down, Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy weddings. They're like the best fucking time. That's I'm good. very social. Maybe I'll find a new If person. we ever have one, it'll be dope as shit, I yeah, promise. I, I, I believe it will. But <laughs> hey, uh, if you have anything left to say, I anything to inspire, motivate, your, your biggest fucking thing, like, Names are important to me. Whenever someone approaches me and says, hey, Sergeant Taishu, Master Sergeant Taishu, what's your biggest influence to like be a leader? Names is my thing, as, as, we, as we've shared. Um, do you have anything left to say? Let me hear it. And well, man, I, um, out. I definitely appreciate it, John. Like, dude, you know, meeting you has been great. Um, thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for obviously advocating for the book because – I, I do believe that the words in there are, are really are keeping it real. I'm not, I'm not making any money off of this. I really believe people, I, it's the stuff I wish that when I was a senior man, like people were telling me. Yeah. So I appreciate you being an advocate for that. Uh, and, you know, I would say that the parting words, man, is that, um, you know, dude, we're all, we're all the same, bro. Some of us uh, in the Air Force, in the military, like some of us get higher ranks than others, but we're all the same and mentors can come in any rank, any fashion, right? Like it doesn't matter. Um, I believe your network is really your net worth. I think, uh, you need to really focus on deep, meaningful relationships. If you want to be successful in this life, um, and deep, meaningful work as well, uh, through radical truth and radical transparency, man. Um, and that's what I would tell anyone who's listening, like, uh, just keep it real and be ultra transparent like even in your thoughts like at the fire department like i might be thinking about where i'm going to move people i'll just tell them i'll talk to them i'll talk all in a big group like it doesn't need to be a secret you know what i mean let people feel what's going on let them know what's happening in your thoughts um and i would say that that would lead you to some success and uh that's it man i appreciate you having me on dude i, I wish you like the greatest success i hope you get from 100 to a thousand to ten thousand listeners and uh man it's been fun man and i even got a buzz uh drinking <laughs> this awesome whiskey and i get to go back to my dorm room eat a little bit and reflect on our great conversation man so i appreciate yeah. it I, thanks i man as you're like it's a thing i do and i'm gonna get better at it but as you're talking i hit like seven things like oh i should talk about that but you being on here means a lot to me I, this is one of the podcasts I'm going to just re-listen to because you said so many things that like Thanks, were interesting in the moment and then I couldn't process it. So <laughs> I'll re-listen to it. I think anyone that listens to it will learn a lot. And uh, yeah, man, just, just thank awesome, you so bro. much for doing that. I will read your book. I'm going to reach out to you to try to like just hang out with you for 30 minutes to yeah, talk about it. it. Uh, just like for different things I maybe agree with or disagree with. Uh, yeah, yeah. I get your idea. Yeah, everybody. Anyone who's listening, AJ Keel. 12 Outstanding Airman of the Year. Never won an award until that. Shit's fucking cool. Uh, man, thank, yeah, thanks so much for coming up here. Um, and I didn't say this earlier, but when I was even thinking about podcasting, he randomly walked up to me. I knew who you were from my a great mentor of mine, probably top two, uh, Chief Master Sergeant Jason Harper. Okay. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you know him or not, but yeah. he's airfield manager. He, uh, I, I had a package for um, Senior and CEO of the Year for, for the wing. 
and and I did okay there. I'm not good, and I did I did good. And he was like, you know, sometimes people that win twelve outstanding game of the year are normal people. I've seen their package, and they're they're normal people who are doing great things. And he said you were a fire guy. He said you were Spangalum. And then when I came here, and Cass Caruso was like, oh yeah, one of the twelve outstanding yeah, yeah. game of the year came here from Spangalum, went to another. So I was like, man, like why do I keep hearing this dude's name? And then I'm at this barbecue, and you just walk up and like introduce yourself like i know you man like and it's so weird for me to be like i know you i really want to talk to you but it's weird that i know all this shit about you (laughs) so you know you're like modest because that's a normal thing to do and it's kunsan people get to know each other and yeah like for you to like influence me like hey i barely know you but i think you'd be good at podcasting like and i have all this shit and i'm doing it in your episode number there you are bro such small like just you walking up that day to that smoke pit influenced this podcast it's awesome like, man and it's so fucking crazy to think how like had you not walked up that day and me pitched this idea i had i might have never done it but if you'd be like yeah that's cool and i would do it all right i'm gonna buy all this shit now yeah and so you did cool. man i'm super proud of you and uh it's, it's freaking awesome man yeah i appreciate it really thanks for coming on thanks for finding time for me um i know about 100 air traffic controllers gonna listen to this oh yeah maybe a couple firefighters and uh maybe they'll learn and maybe you just all learn either way i'm really happy you did i hope so man thanks brother appreciate you thanks man chief kill thanks everybody thank you all for listening to habitat podcast episode number five with chief select andrew keel AJ was a perfect guest for what I am after in this podcast. AJ had so much to offer and this podcast probably could have exceeded five hours if we wanted it to. Habitashi Podcast is still growing. Upcoming guests include Chief Master Sergeant Kendall Clark, the Wizard Chief and Rapcon Chief Controller at Kunsan Air Base, Technical Sergeant Robert Grady, who is my sole troop here at Kunsan, and the Viper Chief of Kunsan Air Base. I'm always open and willing to talk about my podcast and take suggestions on potential questions I could ask people. My current platforms are YouTube, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Anchor. If you're willing to subscribe on any of those platforms, I'd be grateful. 